Hello everybody and welcome to Showhoppers, Lost Season 1, Episode 18, Numbers. Spoiler warnings for Lost up until now, and some spoiler warnings for The Leftovers. I'm Kurt, joined by my former teacher, Mr. Sal. Hi, Kurt. Hi, Mr. Sal. And let's talk about Lost. I'm hi I'm very glad you not say hello there, like you always do. And now I've brought it up first. To take away your power of it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. My no, that was my goal. That was your goal? To get you to say it. It sure was, okay. It was. Did you write that down prior? No, I didn't write it down. I didn't want you to steal my notes. I'm there's there, there a there's a similar circumstance. I can't even remember it. It was basically I was going to do a joke on some friends, but then I realized if I did the joke when I told them it's a joke, they wouldn't believe me it was a joke. Yep. And then I'd be like, well, well then I'm screwed. <laughs> and just, yeah. I just think I made uh, uh, ah. So but that's no, basically I... what's happened to you here, though. I I just don't believe you. Okay, well, that's up to you. No, it's fine. It all happens to us the best of times. <laughs> Lost. This is the episode I knew you'd hate. You've told me I'm going to hate every episode for like the last eight episodes. And, well, have they all been your favorite? Some of them have been. One of them was. Yeah, but not all of them. So that means you've hated them. If you if it's not your favorite, you've hated it. No, the only one that I even came close to hating was uh, the... Uh, whatever the case may be. That was such a good one. Mm. Delicious. So, as per ritual, right? Show ritual, I have to guess your rating. Yes, you do. Yeah, be a hard one. There's not a lot of fluff in this one, and I think you like that. I think you like the lack of fluff. So, and anything that is not the main story, pretty. Still pretty good. So, nine. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, it's nine. <laughs> well done, Kurt. I also give it a nine. <laughs> so there you go. But yeah. means more because the Kurt scale is, of course, centered around five. The Sal scale centered around seven. <laughs> but yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes you uh, you liked it marginally more than me. I like it marginally more than you. I have to I have to stop with the fluff of me guessing. I just have to I just have to guess. So what 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 did you did you I'm assuming you liked the flashbacks in this one. Oh, I loved the flashbacks. The great flashbacks. Hurley, I love Hurley as a character. Yeah. And this episode is a lot of Hurley. I know it's a Hurley central episode, but even yeah. for a central episode, it's still a lot of Hurley. Yeah. It, good... I mean, it, was, it was awesome. I'm really the like the flashbacks were fantastic. Everything I I loved everything about this episode. With, there's there's only one reason I didn't give it a ten. There's only one reason I'm not oh. calling this one my favorite episode because really? my knee jerk reaction when I was watching this was this is my favorite episode. I'm so into this. I mean I I don't think I I mean I paused and researched stuff so many times. <laughs> and, and uh, I know I know for one thing right. No, I I I was oh sorry I wasn't gonna write down the numbers but I was like. Because I was very confident you were going to write down the numbers. I wrote down the numbers. Of course you did. Well, I did not want to. I didn't. I didn't type those numbers into Google and with with the word "lost" because I don't want any spoilers. Oh yeah, you certainly don't. Yeah, but I, I did write down the numbers and I did notice one interesting thing about the numbers. But it's, it was it was so good. It was so cool. I loved it so much. The 
I, I'm, I'm afraid of it because I, I know the, uh, the what, the, the knocks on Lost. I know where it gets criticized. And I know that one of the things it gets criticized for is for opening up cans of mystery that never get resolved. So I, I, I'm really worried about this. Uh, here's what I'll say. This, this, these numbers do have some significance. Okay. I, I've heard it. I know what they're supposed to be about. I don't know if it's even ever mentioned in the show. I'm pretty confident it is. Oh, jeepers. Uh, but if it isn't, I can, well, well, I'll one day tell you. Okay. Lindelof has said what these numbers mean. Okay, good. Fantastic. Well, the the one gripe that I have about this, and and this is, I mean, I, I had written my rankings for the year, or for the season, I had written this at number one. I was like, no, I, I, this is my favorite episode for sure. But then the more I thought about it, the more I could not get past this one sticking point. That, so this, so if, if I unstick the sticking point. This you're point. not, I don't think you can possibly. Okay. The sticking point, but, but you can try if you want. Do you want me to tell you now what the sticking point is or later? Later when, yeah, you can wait. It's, it's a, it's a general overall thing. It's not like at a specific time. Okay. Then, oh, then, okay. Then hit me with that. Okay, so my my major thing that I just can't get past this episode is that there was nothing up to this point in Hurley's character to indicate that he thought that he was responsible for the crash or a jinx. That is true. No, I mean, nothing. That is true. It, it, he was he's in one of the flashbacks. He's in that the lobby of the mental institution, and he's like yelling at the guy not to change the light bulb because he's in the room, mm-hmm. you know, and he is not, as far as I can remember, he's not done that at all on the Island. Yeah. He's never, he's never really tweaked on anyone being worried about their well-being because he's around and he knows what he causes. Yeah. So, uh, so that, that's my only gripe is that I don't think I thought about that too in passing, but I just kind of, I chalked it up to just, you know, he's worried about other things. He's just, you know, he's struggling about being on the island. Okay. And maybe he thinks that they're all already unlucky for being on the island. Uh-huh. Like, you know, the same way his uh, mom broke her ankle. That's kind of like her punishment, right? Yeah. They all get stranded on this island, and that's their punishment. Okay, yeah. Because uh, on, on my understanding, I just thought everyone got one punishment. It's what I always thought of it as. Like, mm-hmm. so the guy's wife, that he visits, Sam's wife... Yeah. That he visits and, you know, lost a leg. That's the only thing that ever happened to her that we know of, right? It seemed to me that everyone around them gets, like, one punishment. The severity can change, but everyone gets one punishment. Hmm. Not, not every. I shouldn't say everybody, but if something bad happens to them, they get one. So I just thought of it like that, like, everyone gets one. Hmm. Oh, maybe? <laughs> but that's just, that's just my arbitrary thought, though, that I just reconciled it as. Uh, as we go through it, I'll think more about that. Uh, but uh, but it's an interesting theory. Because, like I said, originally I had this rank number one, and I I wrote down like this made me feel like raised by another. Mm. It was that type of like the flashbacks just were so plot heavy, and so so salient in terms of their relevance to the crash on the island that I thought this is this is amazing. Uh, but ultimately, I think I end up liking Raised by Another slightly more than this one. Okay. Um, Let's see how you feel about that after you watch the next episode. Okay. And, but again, this this is primarily because 
I haven't seen in the previous previous 17 episodes anything from Hurley to indicate that he was paranoid about this. And I yeah, I totally understand that. Like I just have my arbitrary like ruling of everyone gets one. Okay. If ever, but that's, you know. Interesting. There's, no, there's nothing really to um you know, say to that. If you also want to know about these numbers, they do show up around like the show in different oh. ways. I'm sure you've already, you found some ways. Uh, I found at least one way. Oh, well, I'm sure you found the most obvious one. Oh, really? Is it the flight number? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, flight 815, yeah. Yes. That's part of the number set. Um, Jack and Rose set at row 30, 23, which is one of the numbers, 23. Uh, oh. The reward for Kate is 23,000. The reward for Kate? Yeah, that's what the guy would have got back in um. What's it? You know, you know Kate's first bottle episode. The guy that, the guy that, that she was staying with. Yeah, yeah, he would have got twenty three thousand. Oh. Turning run. Um. I'll leave it there. Maybe we'll talk talk about some more numbers, but. What's uh? There's also I think some of the are. What's it? You can do math with the numbers, and if you do that, it it. You get certain things. But I don't I don't know if people these are just things people pointed out over time, but we'll we'll get to them as we get to them. And, and I don't want to deep down a rabbit hole of numbers like myself, but I'd be happy to hear what other people came up with. And the reason I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole is I, I really I don't want to get lost in them. <laughs> get lost in the rabbit hole. I did not intend that to invoke the title. But I, I feel like I will spend hours and hours and hours manipulating these numbers, and I don't want to do that. So. Oh no, there's nothing you can predict with these numbers, really. So don't, yeah, don't worry about that. Okay. You're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna predict anything. So, so don't even bother. Don't even bother. Mm-hmm. But I see your gripe, and I challenge you. Next episode's a lost up, or not lost. Next episode's a lock episode. Yeah. We'll see. It. We'll see if you give that one a nine. Mm. Okay. Anyway. You want to get started on this one? Yes. Talk about it. So we see the growing camaraderie, not companionship, what's it? Partnership, even. I don't know. We're working together with Jin and Mike. We see it in the very beginning here. We see it a bit throughout the episode. Yep. Uh, Jin is helping to build a raft. You know, Sun and Jin, not not so great now. After Jin just, <laughs> I still think it's hysterical. This this heart heart wrenching scene. You think he's gonna like they'll forgive, they'll start over. It's too late. <laughs> I know. Pieces yeah. of By the way, I'm a little embarrassed that I only just put together like yesterday that Jin is from a fishing village and he does like all this fishing on the island. Oh yeah, that's why he's so good at fishing. Yeah. I'm I'm embarrassed to admit that I just put that together yesterday. Oh, yeah. I mean that's not yeah, I mean I mean, that should have been as soon as he told Sun's father, I'm from a small fishing village. I should have, at that point, said, oh, there we go. That's, that's oh, was it. that bugging you why he was so good at fishing? No. Uh, oh, I, okay. I don't know why I put it together. Oh, okay, well. It was just, oh, Jin, Jin fishes a lot. He's from a fishing village. Makes sense why he's a good fisher. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's why I really tried to give him the two fishing rods to fish. Yes. <laughs> what a chance. But... You know, Hurley, Jane, Mike, they're all trying to build the raft. Uh, you know, we see how close 
Mike has got kind of gotten to Jin. He kind of can understand Jin. Mm-hmm. Two component. I think Hurley messes up tying something or holding. Oh no, he, he fails holding some bamboo close together as Jin ties it. Yeah. Whatever. We also learn that Mike has people guarding the raft 24 7. Yes, he does. Understandably, after some arsonist, <clears throat> Walt, <laughs> you know, burned the thing to the ground. And they want to get some sort of uh, distress call, some sort of beacon. So when they're on the raft, they can, you know, signal for help. Yes. But the biggest problem being, you know, Saeed can make it. He's a survivalist. He can make anything. But he has, he doesn't have anything to power it. They don't have any batteries. Thankfully, right. Hurley recalls, Rousseau had batteries. Do you know, it's so funny. He refers to her as the French chick. The French lady. The entire episode, including to her to face. Her face. I... <laughs> Should I, should I refer to Rousseau as the French chick? No, I'm not going to do that. But yeah, Hurley, Hurley forgot Rousseau's name. She's just like, yeah, the French chick. French lady. But Oh my god. And Masaid also still calls her Rousseau. <laughs> right. Right, not Danielle. Rousseau. Yeah. It was clearly Hurley couldn't come for like, be like, oh yeah. Maybe he just can't say Rousseau, so he's just like, ah, French chick. <laughs> Alright, did you, this is where we see who the current guard is right no we don't see it till later in the episode we don't see sawyer okay guard oh there yeah, yeah yeah you're right yep that's up right. later oh, um so yeah we see them they go to saeed i like i like the jump cut to the side boom no never <laughs> i'm not going yeah uh, good transition but uh, you know jack and hurley telling Saeed, come on where is she and you know saeed says oh, i don't know how to get there i was you know, wounded, out of my mind, so on and so forth. And I don't even know where these maps point to. Maybe they point to her place, maybe they don't. But all I know is, is that she named them in French, where they point to Dark Territory. Yeah. Whatever that means. I won't leave you to guess that, because I don't, you know. But, they go to the Dark Territory, wherever that is. And it's at this point, Hurley's looking at some numbers that Rousseau wrote. And it's the, the famous... Cool. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42, and gets triggered. Oh, yeah. I like seeing triggered. We got triggered. And we get the Hurley flashback. The first Hurley flashback. Anything before Anything before the flashback here? Uh, no, I, I hadn't gotten... Well, I, I, I did pause it to write the numbers down, but I, I couldn't make anything of the numbers except for the 815. Oh, yeah, okay. The flight. And it's, you know... It is interesting too, though that like the I keep bringing the palm reader's name. The palm reader reiterated the flight number to Claire, flight eight fifteen, flight eight fifteen, as though it's important that we know that the flight number was eight fifteen. And here we see the eight fifteen in these numbers. So mm-hmm. there's actually four planes that uh, floor four eight fifteen planes that left at sixteen twenty three on um the month four. A two. The numbers mean. What? Four. Okay. Eight fifteens. Yeah. Okay. Well, Six twenty three. Or four two. Uh, at this point, did you? I know you saw Hurley on the TV in in translation last episode. Yeah. So we're you. I, I'm assuming at this, you're still trying to guess why it was Hurley on TV. Right, and <laughs> I, I had postulated that he would be part of a highly publicized lawsuit. 
Yes. And so we get to the flashback, and he's at home watching TV. He has some sort of, like, it looks like food service or, you know, fast food is what yep. comes into mind. Maybe not, but... No, it's no, it's like, a, like a Chick-fil-A, Popeye's, KFC type yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got, like, the bucket of chicken with him, too. Yeah. And at any point, you still you still don't know what he's going to be on TV for. No, I mean, it, I got the impression in in translation that it wasn't that he was a celebrity. He was just a regular person who was part of something big like it was a news event not uh yeah he was not a, a star or something like that mm-hmm. so he's you know he's watching tv at home and his mom's complaining to him about oh, saturday night you're not going out to lose weight so on and so forth and hurley's really into watching the tv here and he goes to the lottery and he won this nearly record-breaking jackpot and then passes out and we get the intro and that that right there okay that's why he's on the news all I'm asking is, why is he on, like, Korean news? Uh, yeah. Because, so later we get his net worth, right? Yes. His net worth, and we know his net worth has nearly doubled, so that's not even how much he won. Right. Yet, yet it was enough that he's on Korean news. Like, maybe that, maybe that is, just, like, if you win the lottery, you go on Korean news, but that's just, I don't know. Is, I, is that never addressed later? Is that not addressed why he's on Korean news? Yeah. I don't think it is, is it? I mean, I know why he's on the news. We see why him being on the news later, but I don't... I don't know why he's on Korean news. Like, I, I still see why that's, like, international news. Right. Down the lottery. I agree. Uh, I could understand maybe national news, but even that, I don't think it's enough to be national news. Yeah. You know, and the other thing is that the news conference that we saw is not... It's not the clip that we saw in Korea. You don't think so? No, he was in like a parking lot in the news clip in Korea, wasn't he? I don't know. Actually, I didn't pay them. I, I, I took one screenshot, but I don't actually. No, I think pretty, I deleted it. <laughs> I was like, ah. I'm pretty sure he was in a parking lot, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, I, I do have a bit to say about this scene because I was super interested in this TV that he was watching. Because this this looks like a TV from like the eighties. Oh, like the old timey TV. Oh, it was yeah, a, yeah. It was like an old TV. I and mean, it was really it's a nice looking house that he was in, very like antique styled, right? Just okay, but everything everything on the TV looked old. Like it was. Like, <laughs> You're right, and I'm thinking because he was like watching like an old game show. It looked it was like an old movie, and then it was like an old exercise uh, program. And then it was like an old, uh, it looks like an old hockey. Yeah, by the way, the hockey thing is where I really got hung up. So I, because they show this brief clip of hockey players. So, and I, I so I looked up, like it was number 17. I couldn't even tell what teams these were. But, oh my God, Mr. Sykes really gone down this rabbit hole. Yeah, but one of the players was number 17. So I looked up hockey players who wore number 17 in the 2004 2005 season. Okay. Now, the, I don't I don't know if you know this, but there was no hockey in the 2004-2005 season. The owners had locked out the players, and so there was not an NHL season that year. Oh, okay. There was a strike? Or wait, what, what happened? It's, it's the opposite of a strike. So a strike is when the players refuse to play. So why did they lock out the players, though? Why were they, they kind they of going? Agree, they couldn't agree on a collective bargaining agreement. They, okay. I, 
And so the owners locked out the players. So it was, so there was no hockey that year, but then I guess this flashback is about a year or so before the plane crash. About, I'm trying to think. We, we get a timeline of. Because I, I mean, I didn't know the timeline yet. So I, I just assumed this was around the time of the plane crash. So. It's, gotta, it's gotta be about a year. Definitely. Definitely before six months before the plane crash. But mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. I'd say within a year, probably less than a year. I mean, hockey is also not played in September. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know when this was, but okay. I think it took less than a year. Right. So, okay. So maybe this was, I don't know. Maybe this was December or something like that. Could have been 2003. Right. Well, that's what I'm thinking is this was the year before it was the 0304 season. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that, that's what I'm thinking. But all the, this TV, I, I was so hung up on this thing. And when we see Sawyer later, I got even more hung up on it. And I'll explain why when we get there. But I mean, I, I'm I'm wondering if there's some kind of timey-wimey stuff going on here. Timey-wimey. Timey-wimey. <laughs> I mean, you 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 theorized with Ethan that this was Claire's child, grown up, come back to kidnap his mom. Right, and they keep they keep dropping hints that there's some timey wimey stuff going on here, and I'll. I'll... Why do you say timey wimey like you're talking to like a young child? No, like well, first of all, because I am no fan of time travel. I am not either. I know we share this very. <laughs> Very similar gripe with time travel and TV. Yeah. It's very hard. Very hard to do time travel. This, this should be a rule of the episode because it's very hard to do right. And asterisk, only do it if you can do it correctly. Right? Exactly. Which is very hard to do correctly. So just don't do it. Oh. Well, if you do it correctly, high praises. Yeah. Oh, and I've only seen it done correctly like twice. It's, it's hard to do it without plot holes. Right? Yeah, I think I think the good example we can agree on is um the Harry Potter Prisoner of Azkaban, right? I, I love it. I think it's a good. I think it's a great example of it, right? Because it, you can do it in different ways. They do it with it's all one big like linear line, and you just kind yeah. of it looks like you go back, but really that's just part of the line, right? Yeah, and people just experience what they experience in their timeline, in your timeline, whatever. That's fine, yeah. but it's it's all straight line, and it makes sense. Okay? Yeah, I like that. But it's very like Back to the Future, obviously. Granted, it was made much you know longer ago. Yeah, as an age as well, and it's, I, I still enjoy watching. I've watched. I, I love watching movies. Back to the Future, but they they don't get it right. Yeah, they don't do the time travel right, and that can be bothersome because you just. I mean, it depends how who you are as a movie goer and watching it, but like, a lot of time travel movies have a lot of plot holes. Yeah, and I, I think you and I have talked about this before. Bringing up you brought up Prisoner of Azkaban, like I, it's so, it's amazing that she got that so i guess really pretty right in in her books and then it, it's so so in that makes it more infuriating that the cursed child exists at all i that, know she, they make the cursed child or yeah do, you, are you from have you read it i did not read it but i looked at a summary of it oh it, it's it's infuriating because it's a How, different set of rules for time travel exactly it's oh. so it, it it's terrible it's just terrible. I like time travel because I when I when I first realized it was about time travel, I was like, oh my god, this is. I, at first, I was outraged. I'm like, time travel, super bad. And then I remembered, oh wait, Prisoner of Azkaban was really good time travel though. 
yeah you know maybe she pulled it off again maybe okay yeah. and then i was much more i i gave it you know i gave it much more of a hope and then yeah terrible yeah. so the, time travel is very hard to do the other good time travel movie that i've seen is called predestination oh, you told me about this yeah, is, isn't this it. your favorite or one of your favorite movies it's not one of my favorite movies. I, I love it. It's a really great movie. It, it wouldn't rank it among my favorites, but it's really fantastic. And and it's the time travel is very well done. But so so you're it, saying it is not one of your favorites. Destination is favorite list not of Mr. Sal's. Correct, but I'm hoping if I keep saying it, people will think that Predestination is your favorite movie. No. <laughs> okay. No. I, I like it a lot. It's a it's a very good movie, but it's not. It's just not one of my favorites. So but. if I were to say yeah, Predestination is Mr. Sal's favorite movie, that is a false statement. That's a okay. yeah. That's a okay. false. Statement. Hopefully, someone out there will misremember it, and that will they will think that's your favorite movie. You have interesting goals in life, Kurt. Because <laughs> I keep saying it. <laughs> that's that's what sucks. If you try giving like instructions to a group of people, if you say something directly, like "Don't do blank." Someone will one day remember it as do blank. Eh, probably. Depending, depending on how niche it is. Like if you say, you know, don't drink and drive. I think most people can remember you didn't say do drink and drive. Right. But something as, you know, minuscule as someone's favorite movie. They'll forget. Was that or was that just not his favorite? I don't know. <laughs> well, at any rate, Predestination is time travel done right. Prisoner of Azkaban is time travel done right. Uh, so I, when I, when I see hints that there could be time travel stuff and that's why i call it timey-wimey because <laughs> because i'm i'm it's it's like a defense mechanism this is going to suck <laughs> okay. I, i'm with you as well mr sal yeah. i do not like time travel stuff so i i hope that there's not a lot of time travel stuff or or if it's if there is that it's done correctly but i'll explain another another i don't know it's not a hint because i don't know that it's going to happen but another little tidbit that leads me to think oh we're we're going down that road aren't we so okay okay i'm I'm done talking about this flashback if you want <laughs> oh yeah okay so well, well, let's move on i'm excited now to when sawyer comes up yeah anyway so it's saeed he's trying to rest it's night now and you see hurley real bugged staring at him. <laughs> just, i love Hurley so much this because he's just he's on a quest as Charlie puts it, right? And he's yep. he he's got one goal in mind and he's just all about this. And he's so he is so tweaked right now. He's like, so I couldn't sleep, so I just think about the French lady. Numbers. Uh where where'd you get these numbers from? Where do you know do you know at all? And he's just he's basically just talking about Rousseau and just asking for information. Mm-hmm. And Said has nothing to offer. And Hurley just walks off with the map. He smuggles the map with him. Yep. And we get back to another flashback. It's the news and a crowd of people. Which might I ask, why is it like why is there a cr- are, are these all news people? I don't think so. Like Oh, I'm Are they all news people? I think I would think so. I would oh, okay. Think- I thought I only saw like one camera or two cameras there, so it's like that's a lot of news people. Maybe they all wanted like a written interview. Yeah. Well, I, I mean you figure if it's a, a large enough city area, they're probably with more- LA. Oh, was it LA? At least by there, because the LA police are what take him in. Oh, you're right. Okay, so I mean, there are multiple newspapers in LA and multiple television stations in LA. Like you know, they're enough, yeah, all yeah. trying to interview him. You know, and it might spill over. Maybe the you know, 
I don't know, San Diego affiliates want to come and do an interview or whatever, you know. I th- right, yeah, that's very true, very true. I think it's just justified that there'd be this many people. But he's had a crowd of people that are interviewing him. And he's, you know, he's very happy. And they asked the question that I figured he'd have is like, why did he pick these numbers, right? Mm-hmm. That's all the question. And they ask him, you know, how'd you get the numbers? And he was just like, ah, oh, they just came to me. So I, I want to ask now if, you know, how did you feel about that response of really saying, oh, they just came to me? Like, did you think that was it? Or did you think, oh, he's hiding or he just doesn't? Well, I know the title of the episode is Numbers. And I know that <laughs> that he passed out when he won, which, I mean, that's a justifiable reaction for sure. But I'm I'm not buying that these are just numbers that came to him. Okay. No. I figured you wouldn't, but okay. Yeah. And so he starts introducing his family. Oh, my mom, I think his brother, brother-in-law. And it's most importantly, it's his brother. And his brother's girlfriend. Oh, brother's and brother's girlfriend. Okay. I forgot which one was his relative and the other one was yeah. his in-law. But there you go. And... The most importantly, his hard-working grandpa, you know, mm-hmm. that's it. I forgot exactly what he said, but worked, like, three jobs for a large part of his life. Most of the guy's vacation was getting his pacemaker in. Yep. Speaking of which, that pacemaker is not doing too well, because mm-hmm. grandpa, sadly, has a heart attack. Uh, yeah. That and that cuts the flashback very short. So, when that happened, did you have an idea of what was going to happen now? Like that, that'd all give you an idea of okay, this he has bad luck now. Uh, no, not really. Oh yeah, that's fair enough. It's just it, you know. it just felt like irony mm-hmm. you know, that that he now could retire and he dies instead. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so. That's actually that's super sad. But yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. So away from that flashback, back to the present day, we see Hurley. Socking up on water, getting ready for a journey. He's going to go out looking for Rousseau. Uh, Rousseau. Yeah, got Rousseau. Mm-hmm. And Charlie comes by, you know, how do you do? Hello. And Hurley gets very spooked. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, he's lying to Charlie about where he's going. And eventually, you know, he's able to talk Charlie away from trying to walk with him. And I do, I do like, as he tries, like, I love the comedy with Hurley always. Like, he oh, tries man. to pick up his bag. Uh, <laughs> all this, like, four, like, Two liters of water spill out. This guy literally has like two gallons of water in his backpack. He's yep. like, I'm a big guy, get dehydrated easily. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty uh, awesome. I love Hurley so much. And this is where we get to see the another storyline, small yep. storyline in the episode that I knew you would really like because you oh, really seemed to hit on Locke and his quest of getting disciples. Yes. And here we have Claire on the beach. Yes. And Locke coming to help her. Well, not helping her, sorry. Asking her for help. Right. He, because he, there's there's nobody else he could ask for help. He wants the nine-month pregnant woman to help him. Even Claire's flabbergasted at this. But Locke just needs him, or needs her, to help him saw something. Or just saw something, because he's trying to build something. And what it is, we don't know. But Claire agrees, and whatever have you. We'll see more on that. But I know at this point, right, Mr. Sal is going, oh, Claire, there's an ex-disciple. Yep. And I mean, that's what it appears, right? Oh, yeah. He definitely he definitely does something for her. And, but you know what? I, I enjoy I, I enjoy the lock sequence just because I oh, like lock. Absolutely. Write him in a great way. And I mean, if they made this 20 minutes of the episode, then I'm probably getting some complaints. I don't know. Maybe 
Locke can carry up. It depends on how much Locke is talking during those 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm all game for it. Mm-hmm. If it's just kind of a, a, a cradle building montage, uh, I, I don't need a 20 minute cradle building montage. Not montage instruction in there. Oof, <laughs> it's like you how to build a cradle. I bet cradles are expensive. I remember when um Michael trying to buy a cradle. Nah, that was a that was a crib. What's the difference? Don't they sleep in both? They could. So a, a cradle is like only a baby's gonna sleep in a cradle. Hmm? As soon as they start moving around while they sleep, they're not sleeping in a cradle anymore. Why not? It's a it's a rocker. Yeah, but like, what do they, are they? Do they know how to listen? When I, was in, when I was in elementary school, okay, on uh-huh. the swing set, yeah, I used to have, need someone to push me because I didn't understand how to swing. Uh huh. That baby's not gonna understand how to swing. No, that's the that's the problem is they don't understand how to swing, and like as a baby, they're not gonna roll around and make it unstable. I mean, it's probably not unstable anyway. Cradles are also very small. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. The baby's going to grow out of it very fast. So crib is much bigger. It's more stable. It's it's safer. Do you have any of your kids a cradle? We had one for my oldest son, but we, and we may have used it once. <laughs> that does not sound like a great review for a cradle. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of kids, a lot of babies sleep in the same room as the parents. Yeah. A lot of babies, sometimes some babies sleep in the same bed as the parents. I don't understand that, but some some babies. Do I that. roll over in my sleep. Right, that's my why I, I would never want my baby in bed with me because I do roll over in my sleep. But uh, for some some parents, uh, you can buy something called a co-sleeper, which is just a safer way to have them in bed with you, so that that doesn't happen. I'm I'm not really familiar with with how that works though. Because, I mean. Our oldest son on night two at home was in a crib in the se- in a separate room. <laughs> night one, he stayed in the room with us. It didn't go so well. Night two, <laughs> he's out of. You've already evicted him out of the room after night one. <laughs> I wasn't. It was. I mean, it, it's definitely babies are not quiet when they sleep. Really. Yeah, like their their breathing is is loud, and they they move, and they uh, sometimes they just like make little noises. Like, and they're, they they're it's it's not it's just not easy to sleep with a baby in the room. I my, I don't. my cat, he's he's they're like he's like the same size as like a newborn baby, roughly. Okay. It's like ten pounds, maybe a little heavier. Yep, and he sleeps pretty quietly. I don't see the issue. Okay, well, yeah, take my word for it. <laughs> it's 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 not the easiest thing, but it wasn't comfortable for him either. I mean, he just couldn't. He he was. It was amazing. We would lay him down, and he would stretch out his arms and legs as far as he possibly could. <laughs> That's how he slept. He's like, it's it, free of real estate. He he slept in like a giant X pattern. <laughs> <laughs> It was crazy. So, so he kind of he's needed... growing super quick. That means he's like, oh, yeah. he's like, I need room to grow. Yeah. So, I mean, we have pictures of him just with his arms and legs just spread wide in the crib because so he needed the crib almost immediately. 
But anyway, this is. Uh, uh, oh yeah, we're all, we're, we're too offset. But it's not all that relevant. So yeah, no, it's not. But uh, I do I do like how much I learn about baby facts. <laughs> there's so <laughs> there's so much I did not know there was a way for babies. I I never knew babies slept in beds with parents. Yeah. That yeah. sounds that sounds dangerous. I I think so. Ours never did, but I do know people who had co-sleepers and their kids slept in the same bed with them for years, actually, not just the first couple of months. Hmm. I wonder that is for a kid when they first stop sleeping with their parents. Uh, then that's the other reason why we never wanted to do it. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Well, back to the leftover. I say leftovers lost. <laughs> I mean, leftovers is pretty awesome. I, I, uh, I'm happy to talk about leftovers, but we'll do that another time. We'll do that. We'll do that another time. Yeah, if you want to see that Monday, guys. <laughs> so now we, you know, we see Jack and Saeed. Uh, well, more of Jack's walking. Saeed comes up and it's like, ah, I see how it is. You got Hurley to do your dirty work for you. Steal my map, and they kind of argue a bit and come to the realization. Oh wait, none of us, none of us are with Hurley here, but Hurley has stolen Saeed's map. Yeah. They then ask Charlie, who's walking by, oh, have you seen Hurley? And all three of them come to the realization, oh, he's, he's going after Russo. <laughs> so, yeah. there's the main, main, yeah, main conflict or point of this episode. It's Hurley on the hunt for Russo, because he wants answers. Yes. And now we have, I don't know, Team Hurley Hunt Down? Yeah. Hurley Hunters, that's what we'll call them now. Yeah. The Hurley but Hunters. Mentally, I would want answers too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, we'll see why. We we see him act like uh, what a lunatic or whatever. You know, he's acting crazy. He's just doing whatever it takes to get to Rousseau. Mm-hmm. And you know, we see we'll, we'll see more and more why he acts this way as we see his flashbacks <laughs> in the same way. Yeah, but you know what though, I I would want answers even if all that ever happened was I won the lottery with those numbers, even really? if there was no jinx or curse or whatever. But would you want it to that degree? If I won the lottery with those numbers and then I saw that she, this, this woman who I've never met before, who's been on the island presumably for 16 years, way before I ever won the lottery with these numbers, was obsessed with, with these numbers and writing them down in a repeated pattern, I want to talk to her right now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> like, where's Rousseau's number? <laughs> Need to get a hold of her. Mm-hmm. Well, Hurley's trying to do that. So, uh, the her. The Hurley Hunters, you know, they're confident they can get him before nightfall. We see a little bit with Shannon and Saeed. Shannon's a little worried about Saeed, blah, blah, blah. That's about it. <laughs> no more, no more, uh, Saeed for this episode. <laughs> That's another reason why Mr. Sal loved it. They, they barely pretty Saeed at it. And exactly. We think we get a cut of Hurley walking on the beach, very clear footprints. So, very reasonable to how they're gonna track him, and the music, interesting music. But that's the transition. I like those transitions too, where like they play the sound of the next scene. Oh yeah, and you cut into the scene, and it's really whatever he was listening to in the Hummer, right? Yep, that's what he's listening to in the Hummer, and his mom tells him to turn it down. Speaking of Hummers, why why is like the Hummer the the like go to car? That's like a not yeah about stereotypical and like. TV shows for like when someone starts getting a ton of money all of a sudden they get a Hummer. Well, this is 2004, and, and this is like the Hummer is. Is this the height of the Hummer craze? Yeah, it really is, and it's and it's a pretty big novelty, and and it was a military grade vehicle. 
they, they used it in the military and then suddenly it became available to anyone on the market. It was stupid expensive and it, and it's, and it was completely fuel inefficient, but people just needed to have it for whatever reason. Yeah. Here, like, car I would buy if I won the lottery. <laughs> is, that... Not the is, that, is that the car you buy if you win the lottery? No. I don't, like, I don't think I'd ever buy like a really fancy car, even if I was rich. Maybe like a self-driving car or something. Oh, but, but definitely I wouldn't get like a Lamborghini or anything. Anyway. You it... get like a, a Jaguar or a Mercedes or something like that. <laughs> So we see Hurley uh, driving his mom up to a, a big surprise. I I thought it was kind of obvious what it was because you can't see the neighborhood. It's like a bunch of nice houses. Well, right. Didn't he say something about getting his mom a new house? He also said that in the last flashback. Yeah, he yeah. said something about getting her a new house. But in this Hummer car ride, we learned some things that have happened to Hurley since getting <laughs> this money. Yeah. Uh, his grandpa did pass away from the heart attack yep. at that funeral. Someone was hit by lightning, yeah. and their relationship of his brother broke up. Right. <clears throat> so and you know, his brother is living with his mother. Yeah. So mm, things haven't been going very well for the. I don't actually know Hurley's last name, but for the Hurley family. Yeah. And you know, Hurley brings up that you know maybe that money was cursed, and his mom, you know, hey, we're Catholic, we don't believe in curses. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that is that is that actually part of like Catholicism? Oh yeah, no, my my grandmother would have smacked me if I had mentioned that. Oh, okay. fair, fair enough. Yeah. Um, it was selective though. It was like <laughs> selective. Like, like she could believe in you know all kinds walking of walking under the ladder, but yeah. that's that's a curse. But no, yeah, that right walking under the ladder that's sacrilege, you know, but. <laughs> You know, there I can't even think of any examples right now, but there were plenty of things where she did that she did ritualistically, basically for superstition. So, uh, superstition is borderline tradition. Yeah, where's the line? I don't know. No. But what we do know is, Hurley's got a surprise, and he blindfolds his mom from their new home. Oh, mom, come out, come out! He breaks her ankle, or maybe <laughs> it was her shin. I think yeah, it was her ankle. Something on the curb. It looked nasty. Whatever. It looked nasty. It looked like her shin. She said ankle, but it looked real nasty. Broke something. House is on fire. You think? <laughs> you think? You think that's all? Like you, it's, I saw the house on fire, and like you know, I don't remember everything in all the episodes. I'm like, oh okay, this is pretty bad. Then the cops just pull right up, and just <laughs> not only do they put him at gunpoint and arrest him, but it's like the type of arrest they don't even like listen to him or do anything or say anything. like they're they're straight. Hardcore, like arresting him mode. Yeah, I mean, they don't even. Know, he doesn't even know what he's being arrested for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just arrest him and like, oh, so you don't believe in curses, do you, mom? Yeah. Ah. A snide comment. And at this point, so this this is kind of like back to back flashbacks because we get a bit of a transition with Hurley reaching the wire and then he goes into the jungle. That's mm-hmm. about it. But now, get another flashback. A lot of flashbacks in this episode. It's very flashback heavy in terms yeah. of like the length, which is fine. I'm not opposed to that. And they're good flashbacks. Yes. I don't think there's a single bad flashback. I don't think there's one that I'd consider bad. Yeah. I, I don't think so. You have one? No, no, no. I, I don't have any. I think they're all great. 
Speaking of Ray, I love this flashback. Hurley, he's with his, like, financial... Actually, accountant, he says, but... I consider him more like a financial advisor by the way he talks to him. Yes. So, you know, all of Hurley's uh, stocks and investments are up. He's making so much money, right? Yep. Uh, he owns a box company, whatever. He owns um, a shoe company. Hold on, don't glaze over the box company. Well, I, I forgot <laughs> what's the box You know why that's a big deal. Come on. Why is it a big deal? Really? No, I'm actually serious. Why is the box company a big deal? Because Locke works for a box company. Oh my god, I didn't even notice that. In Texas? Did he work in Texas? Yeah, I think so. Very interesting. I, so, I mean, this is... Uh, my uh, my ears perked right up. I was like, whoa. How did you, how did you make that connection so quickly? Because it's the second... I go, no, I've never heard... The, a box company mentioned anywhere ever. Fair <laughs> except, yeah. I mean, Hurley, Hurley as well as like box company. <laughs> yeah. Except when Locke says that he works for a box company and now we know Hurley owns it. And this, I, I don't know if this is the time to go into this, but yeah, I think it is. So if Locke owns the box company or not, I'm sorry, if Locke works for the box company that Hurley owns, I think there's a good chance that Locke knows who Hurley is. I no, I would disagree with that because it depends where you are in the chain of the box company, and like Hurley might just be like majority shareholder. Yeah, that's know. what that's what they said. He is the majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but like I don't know how many shareholders there are. I don't mm-hmm. know, like who Locke sees in his day to day business. Like, you know. maybe he's heard the name Hurley, but like he doesn't even know the last name, and he just. Yeah, he hasn't connected it, but maybe, maybe he has. I, I never realized that. I, I did not notice that. Okay. Wow. I'm, I'm going to throw some more things down here and see if they're up, I guess, and see if they stick. So let's, let's say that Locke does know that Hurley is the majority owner in the box company. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I think it's a, a distinct possibility is because if I'm working for a company and then somebody comes along who won the lottery and that's my new, the new majority stockholder in my company. I feel like that might be publicized. There might be, you know, an interesting. Talks in the office, yeah. Yeah, around the office. Okay. So Locke, we also know, is obsessed with this hatch. And we know that the hatch has these numbers on it. Mm-hmm, as we see, yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering how much. Locke knows. Does he know that Hurley won the lottery with these numbers? I wonder if he even knows this is the right Hurley. Like he might know there's a Hurley that owns my box company. Mm-hmm. But like he, maybe he's never seen him. I mean, it doesn't seem like Hurley's ever even been to this company, right? So unless he's seen a photo of him or the TV recording of him winning, he must go, okay, this guy that won the lottery named Hurley is there. And just because he met another guy named Hurley, I don't know. If, I don't know if he connected dots. He might have. This is well, Locke. He believes him. I mean, Hurley's not something he goes by professionally. He, he goes by Hugo. You're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's not even his name. You're right. Hugo is his name. But so I, I don't know how much of this is true, but I, I like to think that Locke knows more than they're showing us. Okay. Well, even if he might know more than they're showing us, he has the capacity to know more. Like, yes. One, one little, like, Kind of in the same way Sawyer got a little bit more information from Jack. You know, he yep. said the line, the Red Sox line. 
and then that triggered it, and then now he has this connect. He knows that Christian is Jack's dad. You know, maybe Hurley will say one line in this, like, "Oh, you know, I own the box company," and that that one line will, you know, yeah, you know, maybe he'll remember something, or it'll make a connection in some capacity. Yes, so, yes, yeah, that's true. That is true. I am, I am, by the way, all for any connections off the island between these people. I'm, I'm... Oh yeah, uh, they're they're not even if like. Oh, connections are cool. Even like cameos, depending on how they do the cameo, of course. But and I'm, like in, oh. I'm very excited about the possibility that all these people are somehow connected. Uh, I well, they're all connected. They were before the island. They were all on a plane. Okay, I'll tell you what else I like to think about. So I like to think that Locke knows who Hurley is, knows that he won the lottery, knows that he won the lottery with these numbers, and that's why he's obsessed with the hatch because his obsession with the hatch didn't make a whole ton of sense to me before. But now that I know that the numbers are printed on the side of it. And they made, they made a clear reason to show us that. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, that's the last thing we see. So now that I know that I, I feel like there could be that connection. The other thing I want to know is whether um, the palm reader knew about Hurley's curse and knew Hurley was going to be on this plane. And he knew it was going to crash because of that, or if he independently right. thought, for, you know, some cosmic reasons, the plane is going to crash. Uh, I, I think, well, I'm pretty sure that he knew the plane was going to crash. Yeah, he knew that, but I wonder... I'm if... wondering if he knew the plane was going to crash because Hurley was on it. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean, like... Yeah. Can you just tell, like, can he only read, like, a cosmic force, and this force... In this case, it's caused by Hurley, but can be caused by other things and whatnot. Or, yeah, yeah if he knew Hurley directly is the one causing it. That's true, too. What yeah. the yeah. know? These, these are just two things that I really liked thinking about with this episode. And it's fine if this doesn't end up, if neither one of those things ends up being the case, I'll be fine with that. But I, I like to think about it that way for now, and we'll see what happens. Very interesting thought, Mr. Sal. Well, along with owning that box company, he also did own a shoe company. But there was a fire, eight people died. Thankfully, it was overinsured, so he's going to have a windfall of money. <laughs> and along with his false arrest as, like, a drug dealer by the LAPD, his <laughs> net worth has doubled in just a few months. Oh, my God. So this guy, he's, it, it's like the Midas touch almost, right? Like he's just Right. You know, not, not, instead of turning everyone to gold, though, he's giving everyone well, bad luck. Right, he's, he's ruining everyone. Yeah. But. And his own life, too, yeah, in the process. Uh, and here we see, so we, he brought up earlier this curse. And the money might be cursed. His mom slapped him for it. like, ah, ridiculous, right? Yeah. Money's not cursed. Stop it. We don't believe in curses. He brings up to the accountant. Yep. Nah, everyone who wins the lottery thinks he brings in bad luck. Nah, you're good. Which, I, that seems far-fetched to me that everyone who wins the lottery thinks that they're cursed. I don't know if... Oh, listen. I guess I I've never related to winning the lottery, right. <laughs> but well I have won you know sometimes I've I'll, I've won a dollar before I've won I've won yeah. my fair share, but that's your fair share one dollar. I've won my fair share. I sometimes I don't really use I don't really play scratch offs oh, <laughs> or lottery in general. Actually, I've never played the lottery in terms of like the number drawing, Powerball mm-hmm. or million Mega Millions. But how did I even lost track of my other credit? Oh yeah, the account. Maybe, you know, you get stresses in life, you hear about, I think some states in the U.S. require 
uh, your identity be disclosed. Some don't. There was this, uh, there was a funny photo that I saw on the internet. This guy accepted his money wearing, uh, you know, like the sh- horror, like shock mask thing. Oh God. Scream mask. Yeah. The yeah. screen, the yeah, scream, the screen mask. Yep. Someone, someone, uh, accepted their lottery money wearing like a full Halloween costume with that. Oh my God. Cause they didn't want to be recognized and they could legally do it. Like that would, it, you know, just cause. Yeah. I suppose as long as they have ID. Because mm-hmm. some states don't require that you be um, your information be put out there, because they listen. They get bombarded by like ads, mails, people coming to them for money. Like they get bombarded. Yeah. So, I'm sure. I'm sure once the the high of having that money wears off after like a month or two, and you're just used to having it, just the annoyance as it gives you money. You know, it probably bothers some having constant. People asking you, you know, for money and maybe trying to take advantage of you and whatnot. So, right. I, I can see that point of view. Though, yeah, how can everyone think that they have bad luck, though? Nah. There's maybe no he's just saying it. Speaking of which, though, how did you think of those numbers, Hurley? <laughs> and it's at this point, so the accountant asks this to Hurley, and at this point he realizes, oh, the money isn't what's causing the bad luck. You're right. It's the numbers that caused it. And he gets a eureka moment. So uh-huh. we still don't know where he got these numbers from. But Hurley, it seems like Hurley did get them from somewhere. And he's going to he's gonna fix it. Okay. And a guy falls out of the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a lot of guy jumps out the window, which is, yeah, well. Yeah, it, it, it happens, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that one's not. I don't feel like that one's on Hurley. Especially in a financial advising place. That is, that's like the typical, like stereotypical, like market crashes. Yeah. So financial rave, advisors and like stockbrokers jump out windows. Raving endorsement for entering that field. Yeah. <laughs> so we get back to the island, and this is the one time we get to see Sawyer. I'm very intrigued by what you've read on by Sawyer or what you feel about this. Yeah. So Sawyer's getting annoyed at Mike because he's hammering the raft as he's trying to build it. And this <laughs> is where we learned. Sawyer's on arsonist duty. He's on the lookout. Yep. And, you know, he's, he's a bit of an argument. Like, I hey, quiet it down. I'm trying to do stuff here. I'm trying to read. Oh, why don't you help us? Oh, I'm on lookout duty. And then uh, some of the bamboo rods, like, fall, break apart. And then Jin and Mike argue a bit. And Sawyer just gets up and leaves. So I want to ask, what, what about Sawyer here? Well, did you see what he's reading? No, what well, what well, what was you reading, Mister Sal? Did you actually not, or you? I may not have. I may have. <laughs> He's reading a wrinkle in time. Hmm. Yeah. A wrinkle in time. So first of all, I mean the the book's about time travel. I think actually I've never read it, but I'm I, I guess I'm judging based on the title that it's about time travel. It sounds like a time travel book. <laughs> um. Second of all, I feel like he just somewhere along the line uncovered like a seventh grade English classroom. Because <laughs> of the books he's reading? Yeah, he's reading like Watership Down and A Wrinkle in Time. It's like, what's with all the YA literature? First of all, there are no young adults on this island. I've never, I've never heard someone call it YA literature before. 
Really? I've heard young adult, but not yeah. YA. YA. I know, I know, yeah, I've seen it before on like book covers like YA. Yeah. But Ooh, but what what's with all the young adult literature here? Well Does maybe, that... you know, there were people that didn't make it on the plane. Maybe there were some teachers. We haven't met all the other survivors. Maybe one of them was a YA teacher. Maybe. Or but, whatever. But the player has found like all the seventh grade curriculum. <laughs> he's teaching himself he could be teaching walt a good yeah. seventh grade curriculum right now right but the fact that he's reading a wrinkle in time and we're watching hurley watch this antiquated tv with these out-of-date shows on it with people wearing out-of-date clothes i'm i'm like i'm very worried that we're we're going down a timey wimey road well i want to ask you about this you noticed the book did you notice how sawyer was reading the book how he was reading it or how he looked reading it. No. Okay. Interesting. How, how does he look reading it? Hmm, maybe you should have looked a little bit better. He looks... Hmm, I, I don't know how a good way to describe it. Strained. And not just from the noise. He seems to have difficulty reading the book. Okay. That's that's it. You, you, you can rewatch it. I don't think it's that critical, but... Seems like he has difficulty reading the book. Okay. Anywho, uh, we get to see Sun looking on to Jin from a distance with Kate, because I guess they've become this duo, I guess. And Sun, you know, she's she's pretty mopey. She's sad and doesn't think Jin will ever talk to her again. Kate's more optimistic. Oh, you know, give it time. And granted, she's like the only other person that can speak his language. <laughs> On but, the island, so I I'm on Kate's idea that I mean at some point, right? Yeah. I hopes. Um, but Sun wonders if Jin will leave on the raft, and that's another question here, right? Who's gonna be that fourth person on the raft if it ever sets sail? That's the big asterisk. Will it ever set sail? Just mm-hmm. how he questions if the raft will ever set sail. He was right about the first raft, but this is raft 2.0. Yep. You think raft 2.0 will ever will ever set sail? Nah. Uh, nothing wrong, just, nah. nah. Okay. Well, I, I won't even talk about who could be on Raft 2.0 if you don't think it's even going to sail. Uh, well, I, th- I think it's interesting. I think that the determination of who the fourth person is is interesting in that it could cause strain on the island. Certainly. I mean, definitely, right? Because uh, if there was a raft leaving the island, do you want to join that raft? If, if it looks like that, a raft looking like that. No, well, we've we've been over this. I like, mm-hmm. I, I there's there's no benefit to being the people on the raft. Mm-hmm. I, it, yeah, I agree. I agree. I would not want to be on if raft. They, if they get saved, then presumably, if they're mm-hmm. any kind of reasonable people, the rest of the people get saved as well. I'm trying to think of a situation where they get saved and the other people don't. It's like, hmm, like they get saved. Like, yeah, you know, we don't really know where we came from. Uh, I can tell how many days we were out at sea about, and I mean they seem to be pretty organized. You can definitely find the remains of them. They're on an island. They're not in the middle of the water, which right. presumably makes it easy. I feel like that makes it easier to find them, right? If you know they're not in water, crashed and gone. And just I'm trying. I'm trying to think of how this would just fail. Yeah, they must, if they just went, nah, just us. I ah, don't bother. <laughs> there's no. There's no 
I don't I don't want to inconvenience you guys again. How long were you guys looking before? You guys spent a year looking for that plane? <laughs> you gave it your all. <laughs> I I'd hate to be a burden. Right? I'd hate to cause a cause a ruckus here. So uh. So back to Hurley. He's in the jungle following the wire. And he look he sees a trap that's already been triggered and he sees a boar hanging. Ooh. And it, I didn't know if like so he has a bit of like the side of the boar is like flesh or like muscle or whatever you know you can yep. he's it, missing the skin so yep. I don't know if he, like a bite was taken out of him or like what what could have caused that but yeah it's it's interesting you would think that it would have been more universally uh, picked apart mm-hmm. yeah like you know I'm sorry uniformly picked apart if it was like eaten by birds or something so yeah so it looks purposeful or something so, hmm, wonder wonder what's up with this boar and well what, what do you think i mean i think I, it's a sign of rousseau right i see this yeah. Rousseau's eating the spore yeah so well, I, all right i'm oh, not sure she's eating it you don't think she's eating it okay she just, well, if she's eating it she should take it down maybe she has it. a way to raise and lower it i don't know yeah i should presume like she just kept it up there so that way like other animals can't eat it as easily i mean it, it, but it seems to me like if you're gonna eat a boar and you're not gonna preserve it or cook it or whatever well how is she gonna preserve it smoke yeah. it salt yeah but she doesn't have salt she's right next to the ocean hmm how do you get how do you get salt mr sal if you get salt out of ocean that easily Surely you can't just boil the salt or water. Why? <laughs> so that's not that's not listen. I've taken some chemistry classes. I know that's not how chemistry works. Okay. When you boil when you boil a liquid, <clears throat> anything in like any solvent in that solution, or sorry, any solute look at that already first time, any solute evaporates with it. Clear chemistry. Kurt. <laughs> Don't confuse the listeners. <laughs> That is completely inaccurate. For those of you that don't know, Mr. Sal teaches chemistry. This is probably very upsetting for him to hear. Yes. Okay, yes. You can just boil the water and get salt, but... I mean, I don't know how... Listen. It could take take some while to boil water. I don't know how much water you have to boil to get that much salt. Right? And if she's got a process of hanging it up there, taking it down, maybe, like, smoking the meat or whatever, and eating it, it's good to go. Okay. They love you. You at least, at least must disembowel the animal. That is true. That is maybe she did. I I can't really tell though. It, didn't... it looked pretty whole to me. It look, yeah, I agree. It does look pretty whole. I was thinking that it got hit by one of these spike balls that she's so good at making. Oh yeah, her traps. That's yeah. true. Or maybe she's like she's so fancy and she can get so many boars. She she only has first bites of boars. Like she doesn't keep them around for later. She like oh. gets it. Takes out a bit, eats that for the night. Newborn next time. Only the fillet for. Yeah, for... <laughs> yeah, only the fillet. It's <laughs> only gets the finest cuts of boar. <laughs> Might as well. She's got so much time in her hands. Why? There's no way she's eating the butt. <laughs> yeah, there's no way. <laughs> so, anyway, Hurley sees the spore, and it, you know, kind of distracts him, and he steps on some sort of pressure plate 
triggering trap thing. And at this point, you know, Saeed, Saeed and the squad come up and they warn, ah, don't move, Hurley. And some exposition of what's going on a bit. Hurley is standing on the pressure plate that once he gives up the pressure on it will cause Russo's spike ball, I guess I want to call it. It's kind of like a... That's what I'm calling it. Yeah, spike ball that's going to swing down and hit him. Yeah. So, you know, Saeed's plan is, hey, let's get something of similar weight and put it on there, and then Hurley can walk off the pressure plate. But Hurley, he's confident on what he can do. He's spry. He's spry, and he just jumps out of the way. Yep. And works out. So, and this is, I mean, he's already started doing reckless things, but this is another thing he did, you know, he just goes after Rousseau impromptu. Literally, like, it doesn't seem like he even sleeps that night. Like, no. the second he lives with these numbers, he's going out there, jumps out of the spike ball, and this isn't the only stuff he's going to do that's just straight up crazy. And look, I, I, don't, I don't blame him. No, no, I don't blame him either, especially when you see his fly. I understand why he's doing this. Yeah, it's I just know. I like him. And I like it. It reminds me of like when Sawyer in his episode did whatever it took to get this boar and then gave it yeah. up. So, yeah. uh, you know, they start asking, you know, what are you doing out here, Hurley? What are you doing? And he goes back to his excuse of, ah, I need batteries. <laughs> I need a battery. <laughs> and, <laughs> whatever he says that, it always makes me think he wants a battery for his, um, Walkman. Yeah, right. Right? He's like, oh, I, I'm looking for a battery for the Walkman, but no. For the SOS thing. And Hurley's like, oh, we, we, we gotta keep going for this battery. And Jack and Charlie already wanted to do this. So Saeed's just kind of put in a position where he's like, fine. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go get Russo and get that battery. And we enter another flashback. And, oh. Good flashback here. Oh, yeah. Ops. We get Hurley trying to meet a man named Lenny. I forgot his last name. I didn't catch it. Something that mattered. Did you? Yeah, I didn't write it down. It doesn't I, matter. We know his name's Lenny. I it. Did they say it? Maybe they didn't. I, I know they said Sammy, so maybe, or Sam's. Maybe I'm mistaking that. Maybe. But a man named Lenny is some sort of a psych ward, and he's, he's having trouble at the front desk because he doesn't know. Oh, actually, they're right. He doesn't say his last name because the whole difficulty, he doesn't know Lenny's last name. Right. <laughs> Look at that, Mr. Sal. That right there is probably the... They said, I was supposed to remember he doesn't know the last name, and I remembered that he does know the last name. Oh, there. Point proven. Just just inversed it right on its head right there. Yep. Be wary, people. Be weary of those statements like that, because you just, you just inverse it. <laughs> Anywho. So he's, he's yelling at this reception lady, oh, come on, I gotta see Lenny. Come on, come on. And meanwhile, there's a man climbing a ladder... Uh, quite, <laughs> I will say this: oh. he's not very good at climbing the ladder. It's, it's ridiculous. It's <laughs> it, is, it is like comically ridiculous the way he's like climbing. He's like, oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like climbing up the ladder. He's trying to change his ball, but he's it's not like ah, eh, it's not looking good. What he's doing, and Hurley yells at the man to stop. Don't do it right now. Mm-hmm. And I I really like how they show this because this show insight that Hurley is aware. He causes bad luck to people, and it and it, it gets to him because we see yeah. him like freaking out. He keeps glancing over this man on the ladder, right? So yeah. it gives him a guilty conscience. Conscience. This is this is the gripe that I have with the episode because we've mm-hmm. never seen this before, and we've never seen this on the island. And you are completely right. Yeah. And I told you my just random 
fact that I've made up of everyone gets one. But but what about himself? Well, you know, we see the history of people that had this number. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like any of them have gotten bad luck themselves. It's always the people around them. I mean, I would argue that Hurley has had bad luck. He was arrested on with a without reason. His the house that he bought burnt down. That's uh, true. That's true. But something like crashed. I, I would argue he's had bad luck. That that's correct. Well, here's what I'll say. The house wasn't his. It was for his mom. Okay. Even I think he lived with his mom. Is more of like his mom's gift burned down. So you you are correct. You are correct though. He really did get bad luck there. So I guess I guess you are right. But I mean, but I I take your point on everyone else. Everyone else seems to have one instance, but Hurley Hurley gets the, Hurley always gets it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I don't know why Hurley gets. I uh, breaks the rule. Much like chemistry, there's many exceptions to rules. I suppose. So, <laughs> so <laughs> go home fast. That's why. That's my only way I could say that. Many exceptions to rules. <laughs> Uh, so after he landed this guy, thankfully for Hurley, a doctor that works at the psych ward recognizes him, and we so they never really hit on it, and yeah. you're just kind of left to wonder. We just know at some point Hurley was in the psych ward. Yeah, I guess so. And we just don't know why. And I kind of like that. We just you know they go, oh Hurley, you're back, or Hurley, what are you doing here, right? Hey, and you and Lenny were never that close what the doctor says when he lets him visit Lenny. So, we know Hurley's been here. We don't know why, but whether he was here as a patient, which maybe because the doctor recognized him, but maybe he worked here. We don't know. Yeah, yeah we, we can't distinguish that. But I, I don't know. I, I just kind of like that. It's just they casually dropped that, but very casually. You yeah, have to pass that. So, you know, he's there with Lenny, and Lenny's maybe playing Connect 4. I don't know if you want to call that playing Connect Four. Well, he—I mean, he had a Connect Four board. He's using Connect Four. One, but yeah, he's using Connect Four to make like an alternating pattern. Right. <laughs> Which is nice, and he's—it he, sounds like he's just making noises. Yep. Could, could you different? Could you tell what he was saying before? And I think they make it very hard on purpose. But he's just what well, sounds like making noises, and Hurley wants to know, you know, what the numbers mean. Yeah. And. You know, Lenny, then then, then you can clear tell Lenny is saying the numbers uh, 4, 8, 15, 16, uh, 23, 42. So he's saying the numbers. Hmm, very interesting. I think it cuts the blacks. They have a commercial or whatever. Mm-hmm. I also want to stop here and quickly note there's a running theme in this series about bringing up uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops. And by that, I mean I brought it up once in Leftovers. I'll bring it up again here. You're talking about our series, not Lost. Yeah, our series. Okay. So I'm going to bring it up again here. In that in that Call of Duty, a big part of it is to keep asking the main protagonist, what are the numbers, Mason? What are the numbers? Because he knows some secret numbers. There you go. Anyway. Okay. That's all. Just wanted to bring it up just to... Hey, did, they, did they split this flashback with a commercial? Yeah, well, it fades to black. But, so, I think when it was on television, they did. Really? 
It looked like it was a good commercial. Like I, I don't remember it. So, but that, I don't think they've done that before. Is have they? Is that the first I don't time? know. I I feel like they have, but I don't really know. I I always keep note of like where they, they put commercials. Cause I, I always think of okay, pretend that last part I saw. I didn't see it for like a few seconds. Cause they, usually when they do that, they they're pretty um. They expect that the person watching, you know, right, hasn't seen it. So they kind of like almost reintroduce the scene sometimes at it points i don't know so i i was i'm really cognizant of that mm-hmm. but yeah i'm not sure if they have i feel like they have but i don't really know i can't i can't list any examples so hmm. so you know he's, he's begging lenny 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 what are the numbers mean what are the numbers mean and then he finally says i won i've won the lottery with the numbers <laughs> i love i love the second he says that lenny oh. just goes what you, you use those letters just like imperfect right. it speaks perfectly fine you use those letters to win the are you still numbers win the lottery? Yeah, it's like a switch is flipped. It's yeah, yeah. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. You sh- you shouldn't have done that. You you know he starts freaking out. You've opened Pandora's box. You have to get away from them. And he's you know he's freaking out. He's freaking out the aid or whatever. He comes. never says Pandora's box. He says the box. The box. My I bad. think the implication by by him and others in this episode is the that box every- company. Oh my god! No. <laughs> what is that? You open the box, you own the box company. Locke works at the box company. Locke. Gosh, wait a minute though. Really? Like I don't I don't think you're that far off here. <laughs> I I mean, like I said, I've never heard a box company mentioned anywhere ever. Oh, they've got to exist though, right? Who's making your boxes? I've never heard of it. Like, I know, I know, I know cardboard ink. You know cardboarding? Cardboard ink. Cardboard ink? Yeah, incorporated. Is that like Doofenshmirtz Evil <laughs> Incorporated? Or, or I was hoping you would call me out on it if I just like you know just went oh yeah I know <laughs> one cardboard company but I couldn't think of a, a good name for a cardboard company so I said like Supplies Unlimited I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, but seriously, I've never heard box mentioned anywhere, and now there are so many references to Pandora's box here. Man, maybe it's just Locke. All roads lead back to Locke. Mm. Possibly. Uh, good thing we get an episode for him next we week. We do, and it's a goodie. Wow. It's a goodie. You have never, you have not said that in so long. It's a good one. Wow! If I overhyped Walkabout. I'll overhype this one. It might be the best episode of television you've ever seen. Wow! <laughs> not, not that good. It's not like I, I don't think it'll be your favorite episode. That's what I'm gonna say. But I think you'll like it. Of television or of Lost? Of Lost. Hmm. But you'll like it. Um. Oh. Oh yeah. We're talking about Lenny gets dragged away, and. Who's asking him, oh, where did you get the numbers from? Where did you get the numbers from? And he lets him know, some, I forgot the place name exactly, but in Australia, where he heard these numbers. Well, the guy's name is Sam Toomey. Uh, I don't remember exactly where in Australia. Oh, I think he said something about Perth, didn't he? No, he, he, didn't, I, no he didn't say Perth. I can go back. But, yeah, Sammy, in Australia, he's the one that heard these numbers, and he gets dragged away. So, hmm. Hurley's got a quest, and you hear the you hear the trigger word Australia, right? Oh yeah. It's like every time I hear Australia, now I'm looking. 
Well, I mean, in Lost, we have to hear it because the flight was coming from Australia. Exactly. exactly. So, like, oh. so everybody needs to have started in it. Well, everybody needs to have been in Australia on, you know, September. What, what, what was it? September 22nd? I can't remember. I have no clue. Anyway, in early September, they must have been in Australia or mid-September. Yeah, they have to They have to be in Australia going to LAX. And in The Leftovers, they just mention Australia. Very curious to it, but they do. Quite, quite a lot. Quite a lot. So now Hurley's got a quest, and you know, I'm excited to see how that quest goes. But before we get that conclusion, let's go back to the squad in the jungle where oh. they find an old wooden rickety bridge, which this alone, so many questions, right? Why? And they, they wonder too, oh, who built this? Was it Rousseau's people? Ethan's people? Or, you know, Rousseau yeah. probably didn't build this on her own and it looks very old and rickety. No, definitely a mystery. The mystery? And we're, you know, obviously we, we, you know, we can speculate on maybe it was Ethan's, maybe Rousseau's, but in order to really go on that. But Hurley has that, you know, he goes with his gung ho and just starts going on the bridge. <laughs> and the, he crosses. The biggest guy there. Yeah, he's the biggest guy there. And he crosses the bridge. <clears throat> and Hurley did it. I don't know. Why. I don't know why I cleared my throat. I didn't actually have to. I thought, I thought you were trying to drop a hint to me like. This is a this is a literal crossing of the bridge, but it's also a metaphor. I don't know why I did. That. No, well, okay. I'll ask you this because I, I didn't want to ask you this. Yeah, I know if you're on ice. Well, it makes sense for physics wise, right? You're on ice, if, and if you're on cracked ice for whatever reason, you've gotten yourself in this bad circumstance. Lay yourself like just you know lay yourself to spread your body weight as much mm-hmm. as possible, and then you know just kind of like for sure, however you can get off. Would that same logic work for this rickety bridge? Like, do the worm across it? Like, lay across. Let's just lay and then, like, drag yourself across the bridge. I mean, yeah, I would think so, but... As long as the ropes are not, like, the weak point. You know, I was worried about the planks. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. I, I, I mean, I have lots of questions about this bridge. Like, th- there's only railings on one side of it. Like, why do you do that? Well, well you know, you're making a bridge you don't time for two railings. You're on an island. You have time because... Because you're on an island. Yeah. Time time goes faster on this island, haven't you noticed? Oh, I'm oh man. No, uh why'd you figure like maybe the other railing fell over? I know it was made of rope, I think the railing was, but I just thought like I like flipped over, fell over because hmm. falling apart. But yeah, I, I noticed only once I had a railing. I just chalked it up to I mean that, old I'm, bridge. Out that. I'm out on that bridge. Nope. <laughs> Not for me. No, thank you. Because there's no railings or because it's old and rickety? Yeah, because it's only got one railings on one side, for sure. Hmm, it's got some sets of railings. I feel much better about the ricketiness of the boards un- underfoot because at least I know I can try to hold on to the railings. Yeah, you try to like either put your weight or something, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, across Hurley goes. Charlie's like, well, if he can do it, yeah, surely I can. <laughs> And makes sense. It makes sense. It really is bigger than you. I wanted, uh, would have wanted to do it first, not second. That, yeah, that is true because he might have, you know, weakened it more. But anyway, it does break under Charlie. He manages to get to the end just in time. And now the squad has been split. Yep. Jack informs them hey, you guys, wait. Me and Sayer are going to find a way around to you. <laughs> he should have done that in the first place. 
And Fairley's like, no, no. Don't worry about that. Pat's right here. We'll just keep going. And Charlie, and Charlie keeps getting mad at Hurley. He gets mad quite a bit at Hurley this episode. Yeah, man. And this he's is the first time. Drill. Yeah, and he's, he's, you know. And you know, I can understand why Charlie gets mad at Hurley for a lot of these reasons. In this case, he keeps doing all this reckless stuff. And he's like, what? Are you doing just stay put? Stop acting like a lunatic, right? Like just let's wait for them. What do you mean? <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. So we get a yellow there. But now we get that flashback. We get to see Sam Toomey's home. And maybe you get to meet the great Sam Toomey. We're here. Outback Australia. Middle of nowhere. Nope. Hurley wants to talk to him. Uh his wife opens the door, but it is revealed Sam has been dead for five years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she invites Hurley in, they sit down, and we learn more about the backstory. Lenny and Sam work together in the U.S. Navy, I think? The US Navy? That's, what, that's what she said, I, I think. I thought she said U.S. Navy, which I thought was odd that he lived in Australia, but, you know. I thought it was odd, because... But he might have just moved there, like, found his wife, and just, you know, immigrated to Australia. It's not... Right, well, she was Australian, though, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she was. That's what I mean. Maybe that's why they moved there. Or maybe oh. while he was working abroad, he met her. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. All right. So, anywho, Sammy, he's working for the U.S. Navy. And, you know, the wife knows of these numbers. And while he was working there, listening in the Pacific, hearing for radio traffic, 16 years ago, Sammy heard the numbers. Now, Mr. Sal, I'm sure that this number 16 years ago. Oh, this is a this is a convenient number. Well, it's a convenient number for multiple reasons. First of all, it is in the numbers, but more importantly than that, that's how many years the transmission's been going. That's how many years Rousseau's transmission has been going exactly. So mm-hmm. it begs the question. I mean, at this point, did he hear that transmission? Well, that's that's. That's what I'm doing. And I, I mean, that's, yeah, I think that's what the audience There, there was nothing. Like. There was, there was static they listened to. And mm-hmm. then, then the numbers. So that seems like that's Rousseau's transmission. So, we're, I mean, you're tracing the numbers back. Hurley got them from Lenny. Lenny got them from Sam. Sam got them from Danielle. Danielle got them from, well, we'll see later. Possibly. Well, we later learned they did not get it from Danielle. They got it the same place Danielle got it from, which was down because Danielle okay. changed right. it to something else. Right, right. But, but yeah, so well, yeah, we'll see. So, you know, okay, and, and then she goes on to tell a story about Sam's bad luck. You know, he used the numbers to win fifty thousand dollars in a bean guessing uh, thing at a carnival. Got a I like I love this, this story actually. Yeah, got a spot on. Uh, won the fifty grand on a car ride home, got in an accident, and she lost a leg <laughs> that night. Seriously, so, you know, Sam, uh, he started keeping a record of all the bad things that happened around him. And so, so hold on a second. Do, do you know what? I, I had I had some trouble with this bean thing. Oh, me too. Me too. How can he? Oh, this number is way too big for there to be that it's, many. It's beans. almost five billion beans. Five billion? Wait. Right. It's it's four billion eight hundred. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Okay. So I mean that's that's a that's a lot of beans. Yeah, so I'm trying to think of how he could have guessed. 
I don't know how he could have used these numbers. He used the, the numbers to guess. He, the, she said that he guessed the number, right? Yeah, he got it spot on. So maybe he used some of the numbers. Right, but but he no, but he used the numbers. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I don't know if what I'm trying to think of what criteria. Like hmm, if like maybe the first three numbers, like maybe he had multiple cans of beans. So like the first three is like an identifier for the can. But even that, still like over a million beans in a single can. Yeah, I have I have no clue how he's. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't a can though. It was like a, it was like she said it was like a cart, like a, didn't she? she oh, was, I I don't remember the. I'm pretty sure that she said that it was like, uh, something that would be, you know, on a vehicle, like uh. Yeah, because he had pulled this like charade. Right, then. like a tank of beans or uh, or something like that. It wasn't just like a bottle, like a jar. It wasn't it wasn't that. It was. Okay, well, here's what we'll go with. On the license plate of this truck he had, it had three numbers on the back, the start of the numbers, and then he guessed the final remaining. He's like, oh, the numbers. All right, sure, Here's we can go with that. Yeah. I feel like to just use the numbers to guess the beans, he had to see, see some sort of connector to it, is what I'll say. Yeah, maybe. But that, is, but that is true, though. I do. Yeah, I question it, too. I was like, that's a lot of beans. <laughs> yeah, so many <laughs> this beans. This guy could solve world hunger. Cause beans, they take a while to go bad. He can, he can spread oh, yeah. this around. You know, just, I, the only problem is just getting them there now. It's not storage ain't an issue. <laughs> so, and he lost a leg. Uh, and Sammy kept a record of all the things bad things that happened around him. But nothing to him. But you're right. Wait, no. She didn't say that. I think I just made that up. Um, yeah, I don't think she said that. She did not say that. Anywho, that's why Sammy moved to the middle of nowhere. Yep. And clearly, you know, of course, I mean, of course, he wants to know this. Did Sammy find a way to stop it? And yeah. it appears he did not. She says this in a very gruesome manner to the wife. Sammy like put a shotgun in his mouth and whatever. Yeah. You get the picture. A... Pretty gruesome way of putting it. <laughs> Yeah, did he find a way to stop it? Oh yeah, he he put a shotgun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. Yeah, anyway, oh. yeah, oof. So you know, Hurley confesses he used these same numbers to win the lottery. And the wife, much like the third person so far, Hurley's talked to. What are you? What are you blaming these numbers for? There is no curse. Mm-hmm. You make your own luck. Uh, don't blame the numbers. Mm. So you know, poor Hurley. Bad at all. Came all the way to Australia. Got nothing out of it. Looks like I had to go back home to LA. Okay. Mm. Yeah. And I, that's the end of the Hurley flashbacks. Which... That's right. That's the last one. And you know what? In terms of flashbacks, it felt like there was a lot of them. But they finished them kind of early. Yeah, that's it's pretty densely populated. They're pretty densely... Yeah, and then they just stop it. Which is fine, because then the rest oh, yeah. of the episode is still really great. Oh, they, absolutely. They stop absolutely. it early. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you, uh, sh- this is an interesting point because this seems to be his driving factor for a lot of this episode is the idea that people think he's crazy for believing these numbers are cursed. Yeah. You know, his 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 accountant did, his mother did, you know, the uh even even Sammy so Sam Tomey's Tomey, whatever his name is, Sam Tomey's wife, even she did, and she, above all people, has every reason to be suspect of these numbers. Yeah, yeah. But the no. only person who didn't think he's crazy is Lenny, the crazy person. 
the uh, quote, supposedly quote, crazy yeah, the yeah. supposedly crazy person who says yep. the only person who says he's not crazy who agrees with him. And, and by the end of the episode he only get, he gets one more affirmation of it who from somebody who's been consistently referred to as having lost her mind yes by Saeed yep so uh well before we go on with that we'll talk we get another snippet of the Claire Locke um disciplehood I don't know what you want to call this mm-hmm. enrollment process <laughs> or Locke does something for you and he just goes mm-hmm. okay make sure you remember that one I scratched your back my back might get itchy at some point so I so <laughs> it's interesting that you put it that way I, I I've never seen this as like a quid pro quo I do a favor for you you gotta do a favor for me thing no not really either I just like I, to think I, of it that way <laughs> I've always seen this as I'm going to enlighten you. Mm-hmm. And by the end by the end of our time together, you will have been awoken to the the fact that my way is the best way. Yeah, I I am I am someone to be trusted yes. and for you to put all your faith in. Uh so Thank you disciple. Yes. So. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So it, because I mean quite honestly, you know, Boone could have helped them make the cradle. Oh yeah, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, obviously, I, he could do it on his own. I don't think Claire's really like doing anything critical. She's kind of standing there doing some. It's in the same vein, Mister Sal. Have yep. you ever done this to your kid? You're ever doing some sort of work, and you have your kid hold the flashlight. Uh, I feel like we've had this conversation before. Well, have you? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe what? That's a passage of manhood. Okay. Well, I talked to my friends, and this... do you ever have to hold the flashlight for your dad? I don't remember holding a flashlight. Maybe I'm sure I did. I don't know. It just wasn't a big deal to me. That's like that's all the kid does when their dad's doing like work. They have to hold the flashlight. Well, that that's the problem with that theory is that it assumes that the dad is gonna do that type of work. Which I, I mean, <laughs> I, I, like, I, I don't know about that. I, you folks don't necessarily. Some of you might know me well enough to know that that's not really me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, you gotta just let him do it for just, you know, hey, hold the flashlight. Don't feel like, I, you know, the light switch is kind of far, son. So. Well, the, th- the thing is that the flashlight is my phone now. I don't always want them holding my phone. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Oh, I have a killer flashlight in my car. Good for you. Killer flashlight. I, I that, that, that might be, like, the most impulse purchase I made. <laughs> There's a wicked cool flashlight that my, my, I will say this about my father. My father loves flashlights. No, oh, he'll like my flashlight. I mean, he he one time got these flashlights, and I I went to visit. Him. He's like, Sam, look at my flashlights. Look, <laughs> look at these. look how look how bright these are. Look how far you can see with them. I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. It's like it's day, but at night. I mean, it really like <laughs> he was super psyched about these flashlights. So. Yeah, so uh, I I think that, you know I I was a little jealous because I just you know I use the flashlight on my phone. Maybe oh, I need those, to... that's a terrible flash. I've never seen a phone flashlight that I really like. Yeah, maybe when you're actually need... outside at night. I think I need to get an actual flashlight. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to like people in general, right? When I look at a mall, I get really proud, like a big proud. I'm really proud of humanity. Like, look at this. We've made this, like, just... There's no nature in here, right? It's literally just you're in a building, you go to another building inside of a building, and you go back and you're in the building, right? There's, like... <laughs> we've just we've just made it all us. Yeah. And what I like about flashlights is... 
you know, the way, for the most part, if you're on Earth, right, you get day and you get night. But with a flashlight, you don't need night. <laughs> you're outside and you're making it light. I don't know. Yeah. I just like that. I just like outdoor lighting. Just something about that. Good yeah. For humans. It's like, so. it's like, F you, night. Yeah. yeah. Anything, anything that sticks it to nature. <laughs> like, we're doing, we're doing good work. I, I Listen, I, I mean, I don't want to wreck the environment or anything. I'm just saying. I know. I I'm, understand. We we we've made our niche here. So, back back to Claire and Locke. Uh, Claire's been trying to guess what Locke's making, and you know she's like, "Oh, is it some sort of trap? Might be a trap. I think it could be a trap." <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, it locks. You know, oh, I made some glue from animal fat, so on and so forth. And Claire, this is where you know we we learn a bit more about what's going on with Claire, and she's she thanks Locke for giving her something to do. She's been tired of just sitting there and trying to remember things. Understandable, probably. You know, people didn't didn't want to hang out with her at first. When she yeah. came back, and you know, she's struggling to remember things. She only has bits and pieces, and she can't make real sense of it. I think is the way she puts it. Yeah. And Locke, you know, she's really understanding. It's like, hey, problem. I'm here for you, and I'm really good at putting bits and pieces together. Locke, mm-hmm. just, just the way with words. Locke is winning over Claire. Another disciple. At this point, did you know what he was making? Yes. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, oh. Look at that. Yeah. Well, I, th- I guess I thought it was a crib, not a cradle. But... Oh, well. well, they are different, I learned, Mr. Sal. So. Yes, you learned that early, earlier this evening. I, I, the... I thought that I used them interchangeably. So. Yes. Earlier this morning. My bad. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, yes. We, we do have to upload this in a few uh, moments here. Coming up. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we go back. We so it's just Jack and Said because they've been separated due to the fall of the bridge. Uh, and Said realizes he's in a familiar part of the jungle. Yep. So Jack's like, "Oh, wasn't underground?" And he walks and he triggers a trip wire, which I'm surprised they're not more conscious of traps right now, right? Because like, because Saeed saw Saeed fell for a trap when he was around here. Hurley just fell for a trap. I, you really would think like they would be, Come on. especially the doctor, right? You think he'd be like really about this whole like, okay, this lady has put traps around. Let's you know, I don't know. And Saeed too, you know, I don't know. Just no, I, I think you're totally right. I I'm just shocked that that that, that kind of annoyed. I was like. Really fell for a trap, or at least he wasn't just looking out for it more. I'd be okay if he fell for it, but at least not at the fact that they were weary of a trap. Yeah. Anyway, a ex- big explosion happens, and you know Charlie and Hurley are like, "Oh, explosion!" Um, see them, and Jack and Said go into this now like, pit. I don't know what you want to call it. Ruins of yep. uh, Rousseau's den, and there's well, really nothing left. Yeah. And Said concludes, well, Rousseau must have knew I would come back, known I would come back one day, and I would come back with others, so she just left and booby-trapped it. I, I don't know where she is. Hmm. This is the point where we cut back to Charlie and Hurley, and Hurley's trying to go find the blast, and he's like, I, I think it was this way, and he's just, you know, going on he goes, yeah. and Charlie again gets frustrated with Hurley. He's like, ah, oh, you're, I think he calls him a nutter. And you know, yeah, what are you doing? And this, 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 him trying to 
call Hurley crazy. He was calling him other things too. Hurley did not care. Secondly, he implies he's crazy. Hurley just stops, looks him in the eye, and tells him he is not a nutter. Right? So we can we we this shows that Hurley it bothers him that people think he's crazy or being called crazy. Right? It bothers him a lot. Even at a point like this where he just heard an explosion, Charlie's just called him crazy, and he's like, oh, I'm not crazy. Yep. And at this point, Hurley agrees to tell Charlie why he's going on this quest. But he's abruptly interrupted by some gunfire. (laughs) I I love the way this happens, because one shot happens, and I'm like, wait, are we getting shot at? And then another shot happens, like... (laughs) I don't know. I I do like that because I I feel like that's how I would react. Like a so I'm like, wait, is that a? Is he, are we getting? <laughs> yes, you are getting shot at. <laughs> so they kind of split up and run because you know you're just running, and Hurley <laughs> falls over, and by the time he gets up, he's held at point by the French lady Russo. So how did you feel when you finally we, we've seen this is we haven't seen her in a while now? Yep. Rousseau is back. Were you, were you happy to see her? Were you thinking you might be able to see her? No, I was really excited to see her. I, but I gotta tell you, I I could have used some more Rousseau. Rousseau, listen, I I do love. We barely see her this episode. This is it, the one scene we get to see her, mm-hmm. and it's chock full of information Rousseau has seen here. So I'll, oh, yeah. I'll probably comb through this because there's quite a bit to go through. She, I'll, a lot of what she says is important. Yep. So she holds, you know, Hurley at gunpoint, and Hurley, you know. You can tell how this exchange changes over time. You know, at first, you know, Rousseau's very on edge, holding the gun to him. You know, Hurley makes any little movement. She, like, you know, props, you know, cocks the gun or whatever. Not cocks it, but yeah. like, points it more at him. Like, hey, and, you know, hands up. But Hurley, you know, gets out Rousseau's notes and asks what the numbers mean. And Rousseau, yeah. you know, says, I, I do not know what they mean. I, I don't know. And this is where <laughs> this <laughs> might be the craziest thing he's done yet. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is gutsy. I mean, really, like, how do you do this? She's being held at gunpoint by this, who, who's been told is a crazy lady that's killed the rest of her crew. Right. And he's he he's in such disbelief that she's saying she does not know. He goes, huh, there might be a monster out there. There might be no one looking for us and we're abandoned out here. I, you know, that, I can deal with that. But this... I need some freaking answers for yep. this, right? And he's like approaches <laughs> Rousseau, get close, and Rousseau. At this, oh, this is where you know, the, the, the environment changes. You know, it's not, it's no longer Rousseau holding Hurley at gunpoint, but more of just a conversation between the two. Because Hurley, yeah, like she, she puts the gun down. She puts the gun down. Then she gained a whole bunch of respect, or at least he gained credibility in her eyes, because. He wants to know about the numbers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Certainly. Uh, this is... We remember when Rousseau was with Saeed. She did like Saeed. Like, Saeed eventually gained credibility with her. But it was always, you know, it was tentative and it was, you know, uneasy. Yep. And, you know, when he eventually got out, it's still, there's, you know, people at gunpoint and might even try to shoot Rousseau. So, you know, yeah. I don't know how well things went out for that. But here, it seems like Hurley's really won over Rousseau and it certainly seems like it by the end of it. So Rousseau goes on and talks about her experience with these numbers. Uh-huh. If he was on her ship, we knew she was on some sort of research ship before. They picked up a transmission of these numbers. Probably yeah. the same as Sammy. Or Sam. Well, anyway. Yeah, Sam Toomey. Sam Toomey. Sam. Mm-hmm. And so they went over to investigate, and that's when they shipwrecked. 
Right. They continued to look for this uh, broadcast, and they found the radio tower at the Black Rock. And she specifies the Black Rock. Right, and this is not the first time we've heard the Black Rock. It's not the first time we've heard the Black Rock. So there's something at the Black Black Rock. Okay. Has she said it before? Because I know I know Claire has used the term before. I don't know. I don't know if you said it before. And, and you like, you were very vehement. I needed to remember the Black the Black Rock in Claire's journal. Yeah. But I, I, I mean, remember the Black Rock. This, remember the Black Rock. Yeah, I don't remember Dan- if Danielle said it before or not. I can't, but remember the Black Rock, Mister So. I'm I'm remembering it. It's not just a rock, but it's a black rock. I'm actively remembering it as we speak. If you see any rock that's black, that's the black rock. Okay, cool. No matter the size, my eyes will be peeled. <laughs> Anywho, I mean, you catch a lot of things. We see a. Then she mentions, you know, we looked for it. We found the radio tower at the black rock, and then the sickness came, <laughs> which basically means she kills her own team. Right. It was so. I'm really interested in this sickness, and and I'm really worried we're not going to get much more of Rousseau, and and because I I feel like if we were going to get a lot more of Rousseau, we would have gotten a lot more in this episode. Do I'm going to tell you if you get more Rousseau. Uh, sure. You you will see Rousseau again. Okay, but uh, okay, like two times, one time, like seventeen times. Ago, You'll see her more than you've seen her so far. Okay, good, because I I really I need to know more from her. Like she will get more screen time than she's had so far. Well, good. I'm I'm glad to do that. But but yeah. uh, So anyway, sorry. You can continue. No, 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 that's fine. Um, so Hurley wants to know where the where these numbers got their power from. They're cursed. You know, they came. Oh wait, I I skipped a little bit in there. I just mentioned the sickness, right? She killed her team. Yeah, that's that. That was what the point I wanted to make was. You know, she, she keeps talking about the sickness that her team got, but either the sickness is whatever she has right now, or how did she not get it? Exactly. That's what I mean. What exactly? Because the way she describes it seems like she also has the sickness. The voices that they hear. I don't know. That's the but sickness? The voices? Maybe. Well, no. So, I mean, the way she describes it sounds like that, but is it something else? Look, we don't, it's, we don't quite understand what the sickness is, but whatever it is caused her to have to kill her group, had to put them down. So Yeah. It, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't really quite know what the sickness is. Mm. I don't know. We'll have to see. But when the team was gone, Russo went back to the tower and changed it to the broadcast we now know today. Okay. Yeah. The, the Yeah, the loop. So, Hurley asked her, you know, what the numbers, like, where they get their power from because they're cursed. Mm. And. You know, he talks about it, and Rousseau comes to a realization that that number has brought them both. And she, she, she seems to have a, re- a revelation or a eureka moment as well, right? These yep. numbers have brought us here. She's lost everyone that she's cared about due to them. And she's like, you know what? I, I agree. They, they are cursed. And Hurley is like over the moon that Rousseau has agreed with him. He hugs her. Yeah, he hugs her from gunpoint to a hug. Wow, he's so happy. Uh, I guess Rousseau, maybe in Hurley's book, Rousseau isn't crazy. Maybe she is, I don't know. But he's so grateful. Maybe after all these heartaches and whatnot. But he's just so happy that someone agrees with him. And ah, such a sweet scene. It is. It is because really, like she accepts the hug. The fact that she accepts the I, hug, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. She, she, a major breakthrough. 
Yeah, so it's like, oh, wow, Russo. Oh, a win in terms of winning over Russo. Really and Russo. Don't despise each other. Ship. Uh, <laughs> ship. <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> so we get back to Sight and Jack. Uh, you know, they need to find Charlie and Harley. Harley. Hurley. <laughs> Motorcycle. Uh, and at this point, Saeed finds the picture of um, well, you, who you presume to be his wife. Remember her name? Uh, yes, maybe. Nadia. Sort of the end. Nadia, there you go, yeah. Um, I forgot, that's how, that's how I was asking you. I, I had Nelia, as I put question mark. That was close. <laughs> was it? Nadia. That guy. Nad- uh, nope, not his wife, though, it turns out. Um, I don't know why anybody would have thought otherwise. That would be a ridiculous notion. <laughs> we uh we have Charlie then come out of the jungle. Yep. And you know, he tells them about what happened, you know. We split up and I don't know where he is. We have to go find him. Jack says, but Hurley <laughs> nope. just there. comes right out of the jungle <laughs> and goes, Oh, here's the battery, gives a ch- <laughs> and she says, Hey. And off they go. Yes, hey. <laughs> like, oh my god. I just, oh, I love it so much. Just, Hurley comes right back, hands the battery, she says, hey. And then off they go. But I, I also want to be noted, because now they're going to return back to the camp by Darkfall. It's not that far away, it looks like. I guess we don't know how much time passed. Uh, you know, we know that it took, Saeed. Uh, he took Saeed longer, but he was probably he was trying to map the area and stuff. And I don't know what else he was yeah. trying to do, but um, in, uh, uh, like you know, Hurley went out there on a quest, right? He knew where he was going for, but yeah, just uh, maybe it is maybe it is only a day trip. It seems that well, only half a day to get there, half a day to get back. So I'm confused by Hurley comes back with the battery. Russo says, "Hey, wait, why doesn't she come back with him?" Uh, why didn't she come back with Saeed? I mean, she might like Hurley and agree with him, but she doesn't trust the group. Last time she was part of, she doesn't trust being part of the group. Hmm, I guess she she doesn't. You know, she, her group, something happened to them, and they got sick, and she had to take them, you know, take them out. And this is just another group, and she probably thinks they're going to devolve in the same way her group did. So why does she want to be part of that? Hmm. You know what I mean? I, I can I know why I, I understand why it's I guess I, I okay I'm not saying go back to the camp with them I'm just saying instead of telling Hurley to say hello to Saeed for you why don't you just go say hello yourself I don't know maybe because Saeed tries and to then, then, Actually, I have no clue why he doesn't turn around to go back into the wilderness or wherever it is that you are now whatever like she okay she had the battery with her so she must have some kind of new layer exactly that's how I was thinking is she. I mean, yeah, maybe she didn't want them to figure out her lair. She trusts Hurley. I don't know. Okay, well, so we... I'm not saying invite them over for tea. I'm saying like <laughs> you know, just go, go meet these other three people or these other two people that you haven't met. Say hello to Saeed. See if you can, you know, compare notes here. My God, like Saeed has been trying to decipher her maps forever. Here she is giving them the battery. I, I would think that he would say. Hurley, we gotta talk to her. Maybe she can help us figure out the maps. Like, but, but no, they just say the battery's enough. They go home. I mean, do you want to keep risking it though? With the maybe not. I guess maybe now she's not as trigger happy. I mean, 
I, I'm, I guess I guess this is really on Hurley. Like Hurley should have tried to convince her to come back to not to their camp, but just to come meet the, yeah, the people here, so that they can have a conversation about these maps. Like now, the only thing I'll say is, even when she started trusting Saeed, she was uh, always very skeptical. She was a very paranoid person. Yeah, and so maybe she doesn't want to be around multiple people, right? All right, I I, I don't know. I, I I would I would have liked to have seen. Her I would have liked that say, too. Say, you know, can you help us with these maps because we're trying to figure this stuff out? Yeah, I understand that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But well, at least she, she mentions the Black Rock. I don't know. I I, I really wanted more Rousseau in this episode. Maybe that's you'll get, uh, you'll get more Rousseau. Relax, okay. calm down, simmer down. All right. You'll get more. More luck. You'll get more luck next episode. Uh, anything about luck? Speaking. Speaking of luck. Yeah. Speaking of luck. <laughs> oh, we, okay. we get the finale. Well, before then, Mike gets the battery. So there yep. we go. That's it. <laughs> so, speaking of Locke, Locke and Claire, Locke asks Claire if she has a name for the baby, and you know, at this point, she, you know, she reveals, oh, you know, I, I don't really, in fact, I, I planned on giving it away, and, you know, Locke's being real nice to her, oh, must have been a hard, must have been difficult, so she, you know, he's being really nice to Claire and definitely winning her over, All right, this is... Great disciple territory oh, yeah. here. By, by the way, I have a really great name for the baby. Are you ready? What, Ethan? Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Ethan. <laughs> I mean, now that this is what I think about, like, why would you ever name her baby Ethan, right? Because right, this, Ethan, this person named Ethan kidnapped her allegedly. Yes. Is all she knows. So, if she named the baby Ethan, though, I know you'd be over the movie. Like, oh, or if, like her baby's name changed ever so to Ethan. You'd be like, oh. <laughs> but uh that's it she she eventually admits you know today's her birthday but she just didn't want to tell anyone understandably right i guess you know you're you're on an island a lot of other pressing matters it doesn't really matter mm-hmm. and the only reason i bring that up is because locks is a statement of well your birthday is going to be close to your babies then and that'll bring good luck mm-hmm and this is where Claire asks him, "Oh, you believe in that? You you believe that?" And Locke I just says, "A lot of I, I believe in a lot of things." <laughs> so, what are those things? More to find out on Locke, a man of many mysteries. I'm so much. I, I'm even more excited for his episode this time than I was the first time. Mm. And like, even bigger reveal wise, we know what he's made. Not oh, a crib, oh. but a cradle. Yep. Happy birthday, Claire. <laughs> Happy birthday, Claire! Disciple number five. You five? I'm like numbering them. No, she's she's five. So Charlie Boone, Walt, Michael. Yep. Sounds sounds like five to me. You want to count Shannon in there? No. Okay, Shannon. No, I I not yet. I don't know. I mean, he. I think he may have sown some seeds, but. But nah, I don't know. Nothing hard. Yeah, nothing hard. And she's also with with Saeed, but. We know that he kind of wants Saeed on his side for whatever. That's true. That's true. But so I, I guess if you get Saeed, you get Shannon. So. Or maybe point. vice versa too. Yeah. I mean I think at this I think that the conversation with, with Shannon was more or less kind of to get her to leave Boone alone. <laughs> so I, I don't think that, his power. I don't think she was part of his plan. 
Fair enough. So, we get the... I love this scene a lot between Hurley and Charlie at the end. This is awesome, yeah. It, it's just... It's really good because Charlie's been mean to Hurley a lot throughout the episode. And it, justifiably, right? It's really stressful situations. Mm-hmm. Hurley seems to always be doing the reckless choice. And, you know, Charlie's just getting frustrated, so... Mm-hmm. You know, Charlie comes down, sits by Hurley, and hey, before we got shot at, you said you're gonna tell me. And Hurley says, "Oh, I, you know, I've been having bad luck. That plane crash was my fault. That's on me." Oof. I don't think he said he didn't say it in that way, but no, that's basically how he says. But it, he right? does. He does blame himself for the. He crash. blames himself for the crash. The plane yeah. crash. Yep. And Charlie, this kind of triggers Hurley in a way, like, well. Bad luck happens to everyone, Hurley. Now everyone has baggage. Look, look at me. I've I had a massive heroin problem. I I during the crash I was in the bathroom doing heroin. Mm-hmm. Right, like I, everyone has bad luck here, Hurley. Everyone does. And then he, it was just to me it was kind of it's like a very little kid thing to do. Going, well, I've told you my biggest secret, Hurley. Don't don't you mm-hmm. want to reciprocate? Like, come on. <laughs> like what? A, yeah. What? A, like it's not like Hurley asked you to do that, right? Like no. if Hurley asked you to and you did that, that's a fine thing to say. But you just go, let me tell you this. Now you have to tell me your. That's like yeah. if I to, if you told someone they don't really know that well how much you make, and then you're like, oh, okay, and I've told you how much I make. How much do you make? <laughs> like no, that's yeah, not, no. That's not how that works. But you know, I, I feel like Charlie like told him why he was, uh, or. I thought I feel like there was a reason why Charlie told him that he was using at the time. It was it was something about man. I wish I could remember. I, don't, I, I can't remember either. And I didn't write it down, but I, I feel like he he was getting on Hurley's case about blaming himself for the plane crash. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. Are you blaming? Is it your fault? I had a heroin problem. Right. That's what it was. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 He said that. So he's he's getting on Hurley's case about this. You know, Hurley, you're. you're Maybe being a bit melodramatic, I guess that's what he's trying to kind of put it as. Like you're right. It's a, I mean, it's narcissistic. It's it, it's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, egocentric. It's it's like the world revol- revolves around mm-hmm. me. It's obviously, yeah. it cause everything. But I, that's just not. The that's way a great way to put it. Good. Yeah, yeah, Charlie. Is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then Hurley he agrees to tell him his secret. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way. I also want so here I'll say it. You just tell him the secret. Back at home, he's worth a hundred fifty-six million dollars, <laughs> and Charlie just gets so mad. It just gets up. Fine, don't tell me. Yep. I bear my soul, and all I get are bloody jokes, and he just storms. Uh, and then, we've talked about this before. Like, if you want to hide something from someone, put it right out there. Yeah, we say it very plainly. Yeah, and like, in an unbelievable way, people will just not believe you, and then yeah. you're good. I think I told you the story about uh, Gross Point Blank. It's a John Cusack movie where he's he is a professional assassin, and he just what he goes back to his hometown for his ten year high school reunion, <laughs> and and he just keeps telling everybody. They they ask what he's what he does, and he tells everybody, "I'm an internet. I'm not. I'm a, a, a professional assassin. I, I mean, he thinks he's a professional killer." A professional killer, you know, <laughs> and, and everybody's just makes jokes about it. Like, oh, really? Like, do you have do you get dental with that? Like, it's it's you know, stuff like that. It's nobody believes him, and 
and so by putting it out there in plain sight, it kind of disqualifies that you from actually being that. It does so, to a degree, I feel like. But the second, if, if someone told me like, oh, John there, we suspect he might be a, you know, professional assassin. I'm like, you know what? He talks about it a lot. Right. But maybe, but then maybe I'd go the other way of like, well, no, you just think that because it, 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 it's a joke. He, he does it with everyone, right? Like that's, yeah. No, he's not. Uh, but before before I, I want to bring something up, I just also want to mention we didn't get that close up on the hatch at having the numbers. We talked about that earlier. I just wanted mm-hmm. to say that. I also want to note, you know the bets he makes with the uh, Walt. Yes, the entire thing for yeah, the yeah, back you, you made a big deal about this last week. Yeah, eighty three thousand. Well, no, I just made a big deal on it because Hurley can't afford to pay all that oh, money. Yeah. Like, I I think, I mean, at first glance when when. You uh, like see the betting between Walt and Hurley. It's like okay, Hurley just plans to never pay him back, right? It's just right. You know, he's doing that. No, I think Hurley does plan to pay him back. I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Hurley's totally planning to pay. Like this is not BSing Walt at all. And every time Walt breaks it up to someone, like he's like, oh, Hurley owes me like much, right? Everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> he really does. Hurley, Hurley seems like he's keeping his word to it. So yeah. yes, I I think you're right about that. That's I, that, that's really funny. I think it's funny too. Yeah, just. Because I don't think they have really hard hit on that. Just but you can just I mean you can they, no, they never that. mentioned it. They never mentioned it in the episode, but that is the implication, I think. Yeah, yeah you can definitely just infer that. So I understand your grievance with this episode. Well, prevented from a ten, yeah, and that, from being your favorite as well. Two two yeah. knockoffs. So is this your second, third favorite? No, I I still like both the Sawyer episodes better, and I I still like Raised by Another better. Okay, um, Raised fourth. Yeah, I, I mean, wow. it, but it was one. I mean, it was number one, and then I was, but it was number one because I, I, I was, I kept comparing it to Raised by Another because this, this felt much the same as that did, because mm-hmm. you, you get these flashbacks that are incredibly relevant to the, like the mysticism of the island, and so you, you get, you got them in this episode too. Uh, it's they're very they're both very plot driven not so character driven uh, although but where I felt like and so my reaction was wow this is amazing I'm, I'm so into this and, and I just put it at number one but then the more I thought about it I was like well but let's think about Raised by Another what did that do for Claire's character and it, honestly it didn't really do much for Claire's character it, it was a plot uh, you know pushing the plot forward uh, but it, but it didn't undermine her character either it just you know didn't really do much for it this i felt like kind of was inconsistent with what hurley's character has been and so i I can't i can't rank it ahead of raised by another and i have both sawyer episodes ranked ahead of raised by another so yeah i I see what you're saying there i guess yeah i guess what would have given this to you a ten is just a few little things early on of hurley like hey don't stop climbing that tree don't don't climb that tree just anything like that even one thing like that, I think probably would have done. Just hey, stop right. on that tree. And I tried really hard to remember back to like the first, second, third episode. I know that he was super nervous around Kate once he found out that she was uh, want. You know, she she was a criminal. But yeah, I think that's just. And, yeah, I, I that's I think because she's criminal. And, <laughs> you know, but I can't. I was trying to remember back to like when he was. Uh, like when Jack put him in charge of like babysitting Claire, or like that, I think that was the first episode, maybe it was early on, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but I, I, I don't think I can recall anything. Like, I don't, I don't know if he reacted like, no, not me. You don't want me to do it or, or something like that. But I don't think he did. So, I don't know. Oh well, I mean, yeah, that, that, that really is that. I mean, that's that's the difference. I'll take, I'll take that though. It's just that. I mean, you liked the episode enough to me. Oh, I loved it. I, I, I was so into it. I mean, these, I was obsessed with these numbers almost as much so as as Hurley. And I'm I, like the most interesting thing to me is that Hurley owned was the majority owner in Locks Box Company. I, I'm you're I'm, going with yeah. yeah I'm, a, I'm assuming that's Locks Box Company. <laughs> if if it's not, then they should have come up with a different type of company for him to become majority owner of. So, so, so I want to. Oh. Yeah, hold on a second. Yeah. So I, I, I'm. I'm assuming that Hurley is the majority owner in Locke's box company. And so that gives Hurley and Locke a connection that maybe they know they have, or maybe Locke knows, uh, probably Hurley doesn't. Um, but even if Locke doesn't know that, they're still connected somehow. But then they're also connected by the fact that Locke is obsessed with this with this uh, hatch, which has Hurley's numbers on it. I mean, they're not Hurley's numbers. They're the numbers that Hurley used to win the lottery. So the numbers. I'm super excited. Yeah, the numbers, exactly. I'm super excited that the next episode is a Locke episode because Locke is the character that I'm really kind of focused in on right now. I was going to say locked in, but I, I can't do that. So I just did, though. So. <laughs> well, I know you care about IMDb ratings. At least you, you look at them. You know them. I do. And you were you were like, oh, this is a 9.1 coming up next. Yes. And I'm sure you know what else has a 9.1 coming up next. I do. Hmm. Very interesting. Yes. For, so, those, for those of you who don't, it is the next episode. <laughs> yeah, season one, episode nineteen, Deo Ex Machina. Get that right. So I've heard it a couple of a couple of different ways. I've heard it pronounced Deo Ex Machina, but I don't think that's correct. I think it's Deus Deus Ex Machina, because Deus means God. Do, are you familiar with Deus Ex, ex Machina? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's like a it's like a what's it? it's like when something's like unsolvable mystery so it literally means god in the machine okay it comes from the uh ancient greek uh tragedies and comedies like the ancient greek plays uh when they were performed they always would come to a point where there's really just no resolution that the humans could come right. to and they would lower a god or goddess down on a machine to come and solve all the problems. Oh, and so it's, and then it's resolved by this like un. Right, it's like unearthly thing. It's, it's it's a plot device that you bring in at the end of a story to just resolve all the conflicts that really don't have any other way to resolve. Mm, so yeah, and it's you know, it's it's frequently criticized as kind of a cheap way to end a story. But this is the title of the episode, Mr. But this is the title of the episode, exactly. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see how this goes down. Just, just as an example, have you ever seen Dodgeball? No, I don't know what that is. I mean, I know, this, uh, I know the game Dodgeball. No, the, the movie Dodgeball. No. Vince Vaughn and Benson. Okay. Well, the, the long and short of it is they, they enter a Dodgeball tournament to get enough money to save their gym. Okay. That, okay. They're, that, they, that, they, that one of them owns a gym. And he doesn't have enough money to pay off the bills, so he needs money. So they enter a dodgeball tournament, and the, they end up winning the tournament. And the money is presented to them in this giant treasure chest 
with the words Deus Ex Machina written on the treasure chest. <laughs> the plot <laughs> device <laughs> yeah. to solve this problem. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hysterical. Like, I mean, really, is it comedy the movie? Yeah, it's it's, it's a uh, it, way over the top comedy. It's Vince Vaughn, and, Vince Vaughn and Ben Stiller. Like it, it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, but it's you know, Deus Ex Machina is is that type of thing. But it literally means God in the machine. So I, I I do like the idea that they didn't name it Deus Ex, Deus Ex Machina at first, right? Mm-hmm. They just made the episode, and then like Lindelof himself watched, and it was like, hmm. <laughs> this is unforgivable what we've yeah. done here. We've used we've used, you know, the 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 sin of television. Yeah. What do we do, sir? Or yeah. then they're asking, "Well, what do we do, sir? What do we do? We've already made the episode. There's no time. We, 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 we can't. The the producers, they won't let us." And he's like, "Name the episode. Avex Machina. They'll all cheer us on." And from like a IMDb rating of what of would have been 6, shot right up to a 9.1 <laughs> because everyone's like, "Oh, the genius." That would be funny. That you'll would be see, you'll funny. see the episode. You'll make yeah. your own conclusions. I'm, I'm pretty sure that uh, this is a little too early to be an actual Deus Ex Machina. So, because the episode 19 out of 25 in the season, uh, the, the, uh, an actual Deus Ex Machina would have to come way later in the season. Yeah, it's got to just fix everything up. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, but I think you'll like this episode and you like the one after you won't like the next one and then you won't like the next one and then you like the next one so i'm gonna like this one i'm gonna no 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 you've already messed it up okay go ahead do it again i lost track of it too oh man so you've told me so many times i'm gonna love it you'll 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 think it's okay i lower it back down okay if i if i keep telling you predictions keep changing the predictions i can like say oh i called it right right Oh. Okay. Well, good for you, I guess. Uh, in terms, anything else you have in terms of this episode of Lost or anything on Lost? Uh, d- no, I'm, with this episode, I'm I'm super excited to see Locke how Locke connects to this. I hope that we do get some of that. Um, but this this episode was awesome. I really and went a long way toward giving Hurley something to do other than golf, which was that was good too. So. <laughs> Because he's a, he's a really good, entertaining, funny character. He is. I, there's never a scene where Hurley's in it, and I dislike Hurley being... Like, Hurley always makes the scene better. And yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah, I, I, I agree. So I'm wondering how many... Because um, we don't have a whole lot left. There's only seven episodes oh. left in the season. So, I mean, that's like an entire season of The Leftovers. But, you know, <laughs> but there's the seven... The finale is three episodes. The finale is three episodes? Yeah. And it's like cheesy to me, but okay. <laughs> well, yeah, and the naming is ridiculous. Oh yeah, it is. It goes part one, part two, part one. Yeah, part two, part two. Like what? Why can't it be part one, part two, part three? Exactly. Well, part two, part one, and part two, part two, aired on the same night. Okay. Well, just do it. You get. Yeah. You still resolve that. Just we'll do make it a two-hour two, special and call it part two. That's true as well. Yeah. You know? Maybe reruns in the future make it harder but so, so those those last three episodes do they are, are they point of view episodes or are they just generally i don't, I don't believe they are yeah i, wouldn't I, remember. I don't i actually yeah i don't think that they are point of view episodes they are yeah, they are not bottle episodes well in that case we only have four more 
uh, point of view episode. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you. Do you want to know them? I do. I want to know who they okay. are. Locke. Yep. Jack. Okay. Saeed. Kate. No one knew. All repeats. Okay. Uh, Jack gets another. Kate gets. A th- I mean, Jack and Kate get a third. Saeed and Locke get a second. Okay. So. Yeah. I know how you feel about that, but. Uh, well, I don't know. Some, you know, so, <laughs> well, yeah, Saeed, Saeed's battle episode was great. But it wasn't because of his flashbacks. <laughs> uh, Jack's, yeah, you know, eh, uh, yeah. you know, it's a eh. they're 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 serviceable. And Kate started high. Next one is eh. This one, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> so, well, I mean, looking at the ratings, I, I'm assuming that uh, that that is that is a low water mark for Kate. Okay. <laughs> Look at the rating. Yes, it does go down. got what's it? I'll, I'll show it real quick. It's it's the same. Locks is rating. nine point one. Yeah, it's the same rating as whatever the case may be. Eight point one. Yeah, I uh, was it. Locks is a nine point one on IMDb. People. Uh, yeah. Jax is an eight point nine. Yeah, you know what though? I the IMDb raters, whoever they are, they inflate the Jack episodes, man. <laughs> I, people like Jack more than you do. I, I that is very clear. I will tell you that people. I I think Jack is like a, a big favorite of the show. Kind of, uh, eh, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. He's overrated. I I you know Jack is just new. I'm just neutral on Jack. It's like oh, it's Jack. yeah. You know he's just generic. Could be okay. It's just you know. Yeah. So, and then the finale episodes. I'm sure you just looked at those. Oh now. yeah, nine point one, nine point three, nine point three. Very highly rated. Mm-hmm. So exciting times coming ahead, and we'll finally finish Lost as a whole. No, we won't. Wait, what? What do you mean? <laughs> You're telling me the series is more than 23 episodes? Uh, 118. Or 25, I mean. 118. Wait, That's... this is only season one? It's more than two years. Wait, at, one, at one episode a week, that is more than two years. Wait, you're telling me that there's six seasons? That's what I'm saying. Wow. Well, looks like there's a lot more lost to come. Uh, thank you. Oh. No, I'm good. Oh, okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for watching the podcast. Feel free to give us a rating, review, uh, share the podcast. What's the... Mr. Sal, do you have a way they could share it? Yeah, it was, you gotta, we have to tell them another way. I, I don't. Share I don't have a way to share it, but here's here's what I do have. Okay. So so substitution here. We are substituting a way to share it. For... Yeah. So my my kids love to watch other play, people play video games, which I think is ridiculous. I they... did. I did at a point in time. Oh man. No. Well, why do you watch sports? I mean, I I don't really watch sports much anymore. Well, there you go. You've grown out of it. But I've also grown out of watching. That's a complete. That's, that's a bad analogy, Kurt. No. That's, no. That's, no. I've said it in stone. No, I can't play. I can't go outside and play with eighteen people on a baseball f- field, you know, at a professional level. I can't do that. Okay, I, I can, Okay, forget the professional level part. Okay, I can't. I can't do it. Like I can't. I, I would need to organize somehow seventeen other people, and we need to, like, I'm sure more than seventeen people watch baseball in your area. Okay, but some of them physically can't play. 
I understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, even if even if I could get 17 people, I'm not physically good enough at the game to actually play it and have any fun with it. Well, maybe he's not very good at the game. I don't know. But these these guys like to watch people play video games that they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could actually play that video game. No, but, but I yeah, like watching him play. Then, it's a lot of work to play video games sometimes. But then they don't want like they they watch people play these sometimes they watch people play games they don't have and they really want those games so they get those games and then they don't play them and it drives me nuts because that that, that's crazy that's crazy why aren't they play it well i already watched him finish the game oh single oh yeah single player games that that, that's an issue with the story yeah because you just watch i i remember doing it like i'd watch the story of the game and then i'm like okay i don't buy it then though i'm just like that's nice yeah, no, that's it's, it's, but anyway. So they were watching one of their uh, professional uh, YouTubers. I don't know if it was YouTube. It might have been on Prime, actually. Regardless, they're watching one of their gamers, and he he says, "I always tell my stu- his name's Bricks O'Brien, okay." And he says, "I always I always tell my my listeners if you ever see me in real life, say uh, what does he say?" Uh, Macaroni and cheese. No, it was not macaroni and cheese. It, it, it was something like that. Oh, it was rice pudding. Say rice pudding to me, because then I'll know that you actually watch the pot there, watch the, the show. Because I have a lot of friends who tell me they watch the show, but they never say rice pudding to me. So so I think that's we good. need that's good. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we need something to put in our show that we tell our listeners, you know, our if if you actually listen to the podcast. Next time you talk to me, you say you should say what? Oh well, yeah. So it's, it's got to be something that they can't just guess. Like, what, no. like it can't be like a factoid. Like what, no. what does Mister Sal teach or something? Because then yeah, they can. So it has to be something just arbitrary, yeah. random. Or I guess I guess I could just make it like name a name a golden rule. I feel like that's fine if you can name. No, one but it's, rule. it shouldn't be a quiz. I, like I don't want. It shouldn't be a quiz. It's just a phrase, literally, like, just a they, word. Like they just like we we are telling them right now. If you see us, tell us that people shouldn't talk about their dreams. That's what you mean, because that, that's a factoid. You don't want that. Right. Okay. So you, you got to say to us, I don't know. Smelly fern. Smelly fern. That's kind of that's kind of hard to point a comment. You can say green fern. Fern. Fern's it. I don't know. How, when's the last time someone talked to you about a fern? I don't I, Exactly. <laughs> there you go so the word if you see the word fern i'll know that now if i hear that word i'll know there we go is that a good for you fern sure that's, that's niche that's enough fine. that yeah. i don't think people talk about it but you can bring that into a conversation ah i was thinking about ferns the other day and then yeah but don't don't even bring it into a conversation just come up to me and say fern and then i'll know that you listen to the podcast so how how do we tell how do we how do we put this in each episode? We just have to say, and remember the trigger word. <laughs> I guess it's gotta be. I think it needs to be consistent from episode to episode. Like I don't think we change it by the episode. No. Oh yeah, we definitely don't change it. Maybe okay. Here's it. We can't. We won't put it in every episode. Every once in a while, we'll give a reminder of the fern. Okay. Okay. Because I feel like because if we just say fern, they're gonna forget about it. Right. They're not next, forget about it, but they'll understand time, it. We have to make sure that we do this next time we do a Black Mirror episode because those. 
that that one black mirror episode that we did seems to be the most popular one that we've done i'm um, probably yeah it's because there's much listen it's kind of hard to start watching a podcast series into episode 18 of season one of lost going hmm. exactly you know i haven't seen any of lost but i'll i'll, I'll you know it's so it's, yeah know. yeah so, so sounds, sounds like a plan remember listeners fern is the magical word you mm-hmm. want to showcase to us that you do listen to the podcast don't tell us you just listen and thanks for listening